0: Yay! Hi, everyone! Welcome to Nature Chat. Check. It's Nature Check, not Nature Chat. (laughs) (laughs) This is the show where you come for the game and stay for the science! Uh, First, as always, we do some introductions. My name is Cheryl, and I'm starting my PhD, it's my very first semester. Um, I like to focus on restoration ecology and land management, and I love dumb beetles. Uh, When I'm not doing research, I make videos about biology and ecology over on The Roving Naturalist on YouTube. I'm also the GM for this game, and I'm going to let all of the players introduce themselves now, starting in the upper left-hand corner of my screen with Joe
1: hi I'm Joe Um, I am a doctoral student at the University of Wyoming and I am studying the physiology of weed damage because a lot of uh, the details about how weeds damage crops has been um, either under investigated or misunderstood and it's actually kind of a wild time in the weed science area not that okay. kind of weed.
0: All right. Um, <laughs> and you will be playing who?
1: Lucanus. I'm the barbarian of the group. Yar. Yar. Yes, you are. <laughs>
0: uh, next in
2: line, Nancy. Hi, everybody. My name is Nancy, and I'm an entomologist, which means that I study bugs. And I live in Quito, Ecuador, where I conduct my own personalized tours of Ecuador focused on insects. And you are? All right, I play Kay. She... <laughs> <laughs> She's a, uh, what are they called in this game, ranger? The bow and arrow, pew pew.
0: You're a rogue. <laughs> <Or an arrow. laughs> oh yeah, pew pew. Um, <laughs> in, the, in the game that I am a player in the other night, uh, my friend uh, was talking to an NPC and she was like, and finger guns, and I was like, except <laughs> that it's D&D, so are they finger crossbows and you have to hold them yeah. sideways? <laughs> All right, in the top right of my screen is Peter.
3: My name's Peter, Uh, I'm an agriculture agent uh, in Maryland, so I teach farmers and the public about agriculture. Um, uh, My background is entomology, so most of my teaching focuses on agricultural pests and beneficial insects. (laughs) Uh, And when I'm not doing that, I do a lot of photography uh, of insects, um, kind of a a one-track person. Uh, (laughs) And I'm going to be playing Cedric.
0: Awesome. Uh, And last but certainly not least, Ryan.
4: Hi, I'm Ryan. Uh, I live in Pittsburgh, and I am uh, an Associate Director of Integrated Pest Management. So that means I'm an entomologist who focuses on Uh, minimizing the impacts of pest insects um, and really all kinds of plant pests um, in the context of a public garden and conservatory. Um, uh, I also do recently been starting to do integrated pest management consulting, so if anybody has public gardens or any of that sort of thing where they need advice, help, suggestions, um, I do that as well. And besides that, uh, I teach about entomology and landscapes, and I do a lot of landscaping myself. Um, Just dug out a ton of gross things from my backyard of my new house today, so getting going on that. (laughs) And uh, I play Fletcher Sampson, uh, a wizard who is currently still level one, so... Kind of useless.
0: But. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That'll change.
4: Everything turns around for wizards later on. <laughs>
0: it's really true. Some some character classes stay sort of not stagnant, but like they they advance at a sort of a reasonable level, and wizards go from being incredibly fragile to being super, super awesome later on. So yeah. uh, as I told some other people last week, I have um storyline for this campaign all the way from level one to level twenty. So if y'all get there, Fletcher <laughs> will be just a weaponized human being. It'll be great. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Um, if you are watching us right now live on Twitch or Periscope, first of all, thanks for being here. Um, we really appreciate you being here and we hope that you'll enjoy what you're going to see and hear this evening. Uh, Secondly, if you have any questions for the cast, please put them in the chat on Twitch or Periscope. I have my laptop over here beside me, so I'm going to try to do my best to catch your questions during the game, and we'll try to answer them as they come up or when we take our halfway break or something like that. So feel free to put them in the chat, or if you are watching or listening to us later on, you can always tweet questions at us. Um, Speaking of Twitter, the last bit of housekeeping we have is the socials. You can find Nature Check on Twitter at at Check um, so please follow us there for updates on our game schedule and other things, and please subscribe to, Check, uh, to Nature Check both on Twitch and on YouTube. Um, all of those subscriptions and follows and whatever are really helpful um, in terms of allowing our project to grow and reach more people. Uh, every g- game session will be uploaded to the YouTube channel and you'll also be able to find our after show recaps, our nature chats, both on the YouTube channel and on um, the podcast. So we um, have both nature check and nature chat available in podcast form on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes Apple Podcasts, whatever, Spotify. And I just made sure we were on Stitcher this week. Um, so we are in all of the podcast places. Um, <laughs> so please, uh, watch us, listen to us and share us with your friends and family and maybe even your enemies. They might like you too. <laughs> um, <laughs> does anybody else have any projects they'd like to plug? Uh, not at the moment. Not nope. at the moment. <laughs> okay. Um, did everybody have an awesome full moon Friday the 13th yesterday?
4: it was great. <laughs> oh yeah yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) okay well in that case i'm checking my internet because my laptop is for some reason being very unhappy right now and telling me that i'm not
4: online
0: i want to make sure that we are still streaming because you know i'll check come on i don't know my laptop's having like weird internet problems um i think we're probably still fine i hope we're probably still fine why do you have to be like this laptop
3: I just subscribed to us on on Stitcher.
0: Hey, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Every right. subscription uh, it's helps. Like... It says we're good? It says we're online? <laughs> yep, ready. it looks like, like we're, still tra- are... we're still online. Now it's back. back. It's back. Yeah,
4: it, 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 it went to trying to reconnect, and now it's back. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, there yeah. we are. Okay. So we did all the things to get ready, and now here we go. <clears throat> Civilizations grew, flourished, and fell on the continents of Lacedas for hundreds of years. But in the year 885, everything changed. Where once the gods of the Pantheon held sway over various continents and made their presence known in frequent and tangible ways to mortals, now a dread silence and emptiness reigned. Civilizations fell into internal turmoil and tensions mounted between empires. The faiths of nations were shaken, and new versions of old religions began to sprout. Spells once commonplace and relied upon, those that required the gods' particular attentions, no longer functioned. Access to and contact with all other planes disappeared or seemed blocked. The continent of Arda, still colloquially known as the God's Garden, was once the sacred and protected realm of obed and Elana. At the moment of the loss, the strong protective spells surrounding the continent fell, and the shores and interior became accessible to any who wished entry on whatever business. In 952, a ship from the Tinberian Navy took shelter in the large river mouth at the southeastern corner of Arda, and the sailors erected a small fort for protection. Over the years, the fort grew into a town, and the town grew into a small city. While Tenibria officially holds no claim over Arda, no outside nation has yet claimed dominion over the continent, New Seychester is, for all intents and purposes, a Tenibrian colony. Now it is midday on Hextum, the 24th day of Mistrun in the year 972. K Cedric, Fletcher. Last time, you all were investigating a mystery. There was a lot of really amazing role-playing that was, unfortunately, all lost because my computer was not broadcasting the sound from our session. So instead of me providing a recap today, I would like the three of you to catch up Lucanus and anyone else who might be listening beyond the fourth wall as to what has happened so far and where you are now.
3: Uh, so right now, <laughs> <laughs> just just to just to clarify, right now we are outside of the uh, Hudson Greens house. Uh, just <laughs> back up with Lucanus, right? Just correct. Sure.
4: Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. So we we just came out. K was doing really most of the questioning of the Green family. I'm trying to find out. Uh, why they're not defending her brother Jay, who is currently in jail for apparently
0: committing a murder,
4: but probably not. Um, so we, Definitely we... not. <laughs> but I meant definitely not. <laughs> and we're trying to figure out why Why can't they talk about it? Why is he being framed? Who's framing him? Who's doing all of this? Um, <clears throat> and so uh, Kay is about to head off uh, to go speak with uh, other people she knows in town who may know more, um, while Cedric, you and I are about to head back to, uh, the Rum's Luck to see if we can find out anything about some, uh, the shadowy cabal that seems to be uh, controlling the merchants, including Hudson Green in the town.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lucanus, I think it'd be a great idea if you would, uh, if you'd go with Kay, um, I just since her family seems to be kind of caught up in this, uh, I don't know, this kind of human drama, perhaps you should accompany her just to act
1: as protection or... Uh, it looks scary. Yeah. Yeah. Giving Kay a bodyguard right now makes total sense. <laughs> so, um, I'll go with Kay, and uh, if you guys want to check out the Rum's Luck, I I agree. I think that's the best course of action.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I've already got a really good... Um, uh, cover story established at the Rum's Lock. Um I, I, I've been, uh, Kay and I went there uh, the other day uh, dressed as ruffians, and I think I, I fit right in there with the kind of salty sea folk uh, that, 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 that uh, frequent that bar. Uh, so I think I'll have no trouble getting Fletcher in with the, the in crowd. Uh, so I think, I think that'll be probably the best way for us to gather more information about this kind of. Blackmail, threatening, political nonsense that seems to be going on in this.
2: Just this saying town. by dressed up, he means untucked his shirt. Yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Lukanus, of course. Lukanus, Lukanus ruffians Lukanus don't at the tuck huge in their shirt. Lucanus <laughs> looks down at the huge blood stain still covering Cedric's shirt. I can see how you'd fit in with those ruffians. Yeah.
3: Also, for the record, I. I, I I untidied my beard. Did you notice that too?
2: No, I was too distracted by the giant blood stain on your otherwise white shirt.
3: Well, it's really hard to get out. This is (laughs) something that they'll tell you about when when they give you these white shirts. It's like. You You could buy a new one! You know, you you could. That would be wasteful, but I just, I feel like, you know, why why don't we learn any of these practical skills in priest school? You know, you would think that that keeping your tabard, you know, clean would be one of those skills that they would teach you, but no, it's all, uh, I don't know, uh, holy rites and the, you know, the weights of different metals and things like that. It's would hard
2: when you literally grow up underneath a rock.
3: Yeah, Exactly!
1: I kind of figured that they'd teach missionaries how to get blood out of their shirt. It makes total sense. Well, I don't
3: think they expected missionaries to encounter any kind of violence or uh, uh, anything like that. I mean, who would who would try and hurt a holy person?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Indeed.
3: I, I have to admit, I, this, this town is not at all what I expected.
2: <laughs> what were you expecting, exactly?
3: I don't know. I just... Uh... Uh... Why do you
2: always insult my town?
4: Why is your, your town so horrible? My
2: town right. is not horrible.
5: Your horrible brother's things? being framed for murder. It's not a common
3: occurrence. <laughs> I mean, it's only but, but I, this is I have a very I, limited experience with your town. My brothers have never been framed for murder. I'm well, just,
2: congratulations. We're all so proud of you.
3: I'm just saying maybe if more of you follow the teachings of, of, of Moradin you know, this kind of thing would happen to you.
2: Wow. I wow really appreciate your um, sensitivity during this difficult and trying time.
3: <laughs> I'm just saying the the trials okay, that like, burned in places before The trials that burned in places before us forge us into the beings we
4: were meant to be.
0: We'll see you later bye <laughs> Oh boy <laughs>
4: I, I hook my quarterstaff, like, around his arm, like, <laughs> on a vaudeville stage and start walking the opposite direction from K.
5: <laughs> like, on a vaudeville stage.
3: <laughs> oh, uh, actually, I think we need to be going uh, this way to go to the, the Rome's luck.
4: I go that way while still dragging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, Cedric, like, come on. You've got to stop egging K-On like this.
3: (laughs) I am just trying to
4: educate the young woman. Did you ever think that she has all the education she needs where she lives, and you're just talking down to her all the time? I don't understand. She's
3: taller than me. What do you mean?
0: (sighs) I just keep walking. Oh, man, we're getting real right off the bat, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Ooh. Okay. Uh. So, which team wants to go first? Um, I don't know. Mister where she's
1: going. So.
2: All right. Fine. Hmm? I, we're we're just going to the docks. We're trying to find my friend Azzy, because, like, he listens to everything in the town, so he might know who is who has been like, I'm assuming paid to be a witness. And tell everyone that they saw my brother like murdering someone, but it's complete BS. So we need to figure out who this kid is and how much he's getting paid or if he is being paid and like what we can do to make him, I don't know, shut up.
0: Mm, okay. Um, so you are at the docks looking for Azzy. Yeah. Okay. Um, give me a, I'll just do a search check. Awesome. My dice
2: are over there because I can never be prepared. Burp, 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 burp. <laughs>
0: So useless. If only you had mage hand.
1: <laughs> yeah. You got a 15. You got a 15. I Fortunately, I knew
0: where they were this time. Yeah. So,
2: you know, I only kind of sucked. <laughs> All right. Search check. Let me get the baby.
0: Oh, no car alarm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I live in this city. Oh, uh, no. I'm not I'm not sure it was yours. Was it yours or was it because um, Ryan I just think ran away? Okay. I don't oh. know what's going on.
2: Maybe there's you can hear both of them. Maybe I there's two know. car alarms. Oh, they're
3: just singing a duet for us. Mm.
2: <laughs> the thing is, also in Ecuador, a random side note is that Ecuadorians like to let their car alarms run because it tells thieves that they have a car alarm, and so they'll just like it'll probably just last forever. Sorry. <laughs> and the window's closed, that so is there's nothing. Solid strategy, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like I've got I've got a car alarm. You can hear it. Uh huh. <laughs> Alright, anyways. Search. It's dumb. Alright. I got an eighteen plus six,
0: whatever that is. Wow. Math is hard. Uh twenty four? That's a lot.
2: 24.
0: <laughs> you have a high <laughs> I'm really level. I like search really yeah, hard. Yeah, you search really hard. Um <laughs> Okay. So you have fifteen and a twenty four. So you guys search all over uh, all over the docks, and you don't find Azzy, he doesn't appear to be there. Um, however, um, there are lots of people there, um, so I don't know if you would like to accompany those search checks by, like, a gather information check, and you could maybe hear the local gossip, um, as you're walking around, you might be eavesdropping on people's conversations, or you might even, um, go so far as to start asking questions to see if anybody knows anything.
1: Okay. I got a 17 yeah. and. A uh, that's a two. That's a two modifier.
0: Okay, so a 19 for Lucanus. 19. I'm apparently too focused f- trying to find Azzy because I got a solid 12. A solid
2: 12.
0: Um, well, so you had a high search check, so that's, you're covering a lot of ground, so I'll sort of give both of you some things that you hear. Um, so there definitely are some people talking about the murder, because every town, no matter its size, likes a scandal, right? Um, (laughs) so the murder is definitely a thing that happened, um, so you hear, and or, I'm sort of recapping some details you might have already known, too, um, from what Jay told you, um, but a, a clerk who serves the chief magistrate in New Seichester. Um, the man's name was Timothy Prendergast, um, was discovered dead in an alleyway between the Ecstasy Theater and the, the site where the Royal Academy Building is being built, um, in the Entertainment District not too long ago. Um, so Timothy Prendergast discovered dead alley in the Entertainment District. Um, there is a witness who, um, was able to provide the town guard with some details about a person who was seen in that area and so the guard (laughs) so the guard have apparently made an arrest Um, but apparently the uh prendergast was not simply killed apparently the body was a little grisly to look at um yeah so you do hear some of those details so there is a witness um you know where the body was found um, you might also, yes, so it was, um, it was a few nights ago um, in the entertainment district at night. So the body was discovered um, sort of later in the evening, um, but the estimate is that the timing was during or just after a concert at the Ecstasy Theater where uh, Caitlin Dufoot was singing and she was being accompanied by B. Prowell on the piano. Um, and then...
2: <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: um, yeah Yep. Pause. mm And... Concert. Yeah, okay. And you know one of those names. I do know, one, know one of those, of those names. names. Yep. So, all right. all right.
2: Maybe we should go find... All right. So... Lucanus, <laughs> I don't know, I did get, like, as he's not here, hmm. did you find anything else that was kind of useful? Which of those
1: names did you know?
2: Uh, Prowl. Because that's my name! Prowl. Okay. Uh.
1: Let's see. Who was singing at the theater that night?
2: <clears throat> um... I just scribbled her name down. I didn't actually scribble it down. Uh, Caitlin, <laughs> Caitlin Dufoot. Caitlin. Caitlin Dufoot. Caitlin Dufoot. Hmm. I definitely don't know her, Um, but I do know... The pianist. Yeah. The, the pianist. So maybe we should go, you know, find him. Yeah, him? let's go find the
0: pianist. B is her. a her. oh right sorry that's one of your one of your older or your only older sister i don't remember my only older sister you have so many sisters (laughs) there's so many of
2: them them we found them we found them
0: there
2: we go i was just pulling up the document sorry it's literally a book
0: that's all right it really
2: is all right it literally is
0: um
2: well, do you think that maybe <laughs> we should go find her? I'm, I mean, she usually hangs out at the theater. Yeah, so you know, let's she's go find, there.
1: Let's go find your sister. Um, I mean, it's the best lead we got.
2: I mean, it's the only lead we've got. So, yeah. What's your What's your Is that a landline? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having so many struggles right now. That's <laughs> fine. Who called? Like, I don't even give that number out, so it's definitely <laughs> a wrong number. Oh, robocalls. I don't get robocalls in Ecuador. That's the no. thing about Ecuador. So it's literally a human that has dialed the wrong number.
0: Oh, yet another wow. reason to What a magical
5: Ecuador. place! Yeah.
3: yeah, I know. All <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the bugs were cool, but dang! I know, right? It's, <laughs> ma-
0: it's magical because there are no robocalls, but also because there are landline phones. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. It came
2: with the apartment. Like, I don't pay for it. it like, I can use it when I want to. Hmm. But yeah you use it. Um, sometimes if I'm doing like tour stuff and I have to call hotels and stuff, because in anything in Quito is local, and then you definitely don't have to pay for it. So it doesn't use up like cell phone minutes or anything.
5: Okay.
1: So yes.
2: Yeah. Well, well let's go
1: find your let's go find your sister and see uh, uh, if she, you know, saw or heard anything because.
2: Yeah, and like if she was there and she knows Jay is being. <clears throat> like, why didn't she say? Why is she quiet?
1: Well, she might not know that she knows anything. But...
2: <clears throat> I mean, but she knows that it's our brother who's in jail. So, like, whatever. We're going to have a chat. A very friendly chat. Definitely that.
1: With with me in the background?
2: Yes, guy probably. guy with the great sword? Yep. <laughs> very friendly. <laughs> with backup.
4: You'll just stand with your arms crossed, just glowering. I feel like that's your,
0: yeah. your primary
4: responsibility. Well, the robe and the
1: hood with, you know, just kind of the black face, it's, uh, i'll just look like looks
0: like an assassin's creed character <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i didn't quite think of it that way but yeah, yeah that's just exactly like that. what i look like yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right um so let's cut from Kay and lucanus over to cedric and his minder fletcher um what are you two doing
5: we're, <laughs> we're,
3: here, we're walking down the street and as we as we like make our way down the street uh I assume towards the rum's luck. Um, It's it's the lux rum. Can we change it? (laughs) 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 The lux rum.
0: you just moved to this town you don't get to tell me how the things are called
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's cedric he's gonna do that regardless Cedric
0: hates our town anyway so like whatever he <laughs> can call it whatever he wants because he's wrong about everything else anyway yeah, you and all 300 npcs are upset about it um
3: <laughs> so uh fletcher um you're a a man of uh
4: studying the
3: world is that right
4: Yes, I mean I, I attended the academy. Uh, can I ask you a question? I I mean that was a question, but sure. <laughs> uh,
3: okay. Uh, well, I I noticed earlier um, when we were uh, talking with Kay's brother, um, and I don't know if this is like a sensitive subject for humans, but. Uh, I, did you notice that he he tended to have his skin seem to have kind of a reptilian uh, pattern on it? You know, like scales. Did did you did you notice that? Is that a is that normal for humans?
4: I mean, he definitely appeared to have some kind of reptilian or draconic characteristics. Um, I would assume that speaks to some kind of Non-human ancestry at some point. Uh, so whether or not that's present in Kay's whole family, or perhaps just him, uh, perhaps he's a half brother or something. Uh, I, I I don't know. Uh, Kay seems to think of him as her brother. Uh, so I guess that uh, you know that's that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. I just I
3: just didn't know how you know how how human. Families and and worked, so I just thought I'd ask.
2: Uh, <laughs> last episode, he figures out vegetables. <laughs> episode, he figures out Mendelian genetics.
1: <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just kind of over here wondering what human boinked a dragon.
0: <laughs> That's Is that
4: literally a... how dragonborns. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's a lot more. Thing. It's a lot more common than you might think in this world. Um, for anybody not familiar no. with the idea of half dragons in D and D. Um, so a lot of the metallic dragons, especially bronze and um copper, uh, they like to to transform their shape so that they appear as a human and like or oh, as okay. someone else and like wander among the other races of the world for funsies. Um, so yeah, that you can get half dragons. <laughs>
1: Okay, yeah. that that makes a lot more sense than what I was thinking, which was something <laughs> to the effect of "Hey,
0: sexy wyvern."
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could oh. also happen. <laughs>
0: okay. Gives a whole new meaning to getting some tail.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh.
0: Finger <laughs> crossed.
2: <laughs>
0: Cedric immediately disintegrates and can't handle life
5: anymore. <laughs>
0: Cedric's whole world has been PG before this. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, uh,
4: um, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I assume you know her family probably knows and talks about it, but uh, yeah. I, I, humans. I I suppose we can tend to be a little more sensitive if an outsider sort of. Bluntly addresses something. Um, there's there's a lot of cruelty in the world, and and they may be used to people uh, not taking a liking, perhaps to to uh, that part of that part of their family history, perhaps. So I'd say, given your history of addressing <laughs> things with Kay, probably don't be the one to bring it up. <laughs> okay okay yeah that that that's
3: that's good that's really good advice thank you i impre- I really appreciate that uh, you're, I will, you're,
4: you're quite I love welcome you' <laughs> you're, you're I, very you're quite welcome uh, any you know any advice I can give yeah I, let I, me know preferably when we're not around K
5: <laughs> <laughs>
4: okay
3: okay that sounds that sounds good uh, um I appreciate you being my uh my my guide in this uh I don't know Bizarre world of humans.
4: I, I I suppose it's probably more like a trainer, but guide works, I guess.
0: Oh, trainer! Does that mean we need a montage?
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I suppose I'm I'm the I'm the Ash Catchem to your Pikachu.
0: If only there was this ball you could put him inside. Yeah. he started talking too much. <laughs> or it
4: just silences him and compacts him into a carryable sphere.
0: The final episode, there's just all the advice that Fletcher's ever given Cedric, and like, oh, we could do a, we could do a Dear Fletcher column. Oh yeah.
4: <laughs> Eventually, Cedric starts glowing and evolves into an actually full-sized human.
5: Oh. <laughs> Oh. I like to imagine he's just a dwarf but with a bigger
3: beard.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> just drags on the ground.
4: And beard acts like shield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, uh, well, I guess uh, my turn to ask you a question, Cedric. This <clears throat> establishment we're going to. Uh,
3: oh, yeah. You should
4: probably the... have some sort of plan.
3: Hmm. Well, uh, last time um, I ordered uh, a, a beverage,
5: uh,
3: <clears throat> which <laughs> wounded me greatly. <laughs> so I recommend sticking to the small beers, especially with your weaker human constitution.
4: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm definitely not very accustomed to drinking much. Uh, is so? Is, is this the kind of establishment where, if we went in, perhaps? <clears throat> acting like we were already slightly inebriated. Would that perhaps get people... Is this a sort of establishment where that would make people like us more? If we showed up and then began buying people drinks to get people to drink, but we ourselves are still quite aware of what we're doing? Oh, a a ruse.
3: Ah, I, I... I think that, that's a brilliant idea. I think that would work well. The, I mean, the people <laughs> in there seem to be drinking a lot, so certainly people who, who are drinking would like their drinks to be free, I would assume.
4: And if we act already drunk, it's like we're one of them.
3: Ah, that's smart. It is, it is rather early in the day still. Do you think anyone would believe that people were already drunk at 2 in the afternoon?
4: Probably.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, well, you're the trainer.
1: <laughs> oh boy. Alcohol is super effective. But
3: I should warn you the uh, the people in this bar are uh, uh, a little rough around the edges, but don't worry, I've got your back. So but... I feel
4: so much better. <laughs> good. good. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> so dead. <laughs>
4: All right. Do, do are, you,
3: are we there? Are we there yet? Boy,
0: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, uh,
4: Fletcher, Fletcher, kind of. I think because I'm like I'm back in like a full length sort of robe that mm-hmm. makes me look a little out of place. Mm-hmm. I try to tie up in spots that I can to make it look more like everyday clothing, like like I'm. I don't know. Doing a dock worker or something. Doing that
0: thing like cheerleaders do where they like bag up their t-shirt and put a hair tie around it so it makes like, <laughs> Yeah, like tie it, do
4: it like um.
3: cheerleaders in the 90s.
0: <laughs> Make sure your
2: belly button shows. <laughs> I'm going to
4: I'm going to cut it all along the edges and tie it into fringes. Yeah. Um, but just so I don't I, I don't want to like I imagine this is—we're at the docks, and this is sort of a working man's environment. Mm. I don't want to look super out of place. Um.
0: Give me a disguise check. Ah, let's see. I bet you're great at that. It's a charisma-based skill. Oh uh, yeah.
4: <laughs> I mean that's why this could just end up like I will literally I'll look like one of those cheerleaders mm-hmm. with like, I got tied up.
0: I mean this is that's sort of what happened to Kay and and Cedric last time they went in there. So
4: Where's disguise? Yeah, oh, but yeah.
2: you were like, are you trying hard? And we're
0: like, no. We're yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> like, alright. <laughs> I
0: got a nine. You got a nine, cool. Yeah. Um there's some weird, like, bunches of robe, and it's not dragging on the ground anymore. <laughs> Mission accomplished. So at least maybe
4: I just look crazy? Yeah. That'll probably help. So- I'm sorry, I'm just imagining
1: him stuffing this, like, the rest of his robe into the back of his pants, and all the time, like, he has a, like, he looks super, super thick with two seeds. Like, he has a Kardashian butt. <laughs> it off. <laughs> I'm
4: okay with that.
0: <laughs> oh goodness, I love it. I got I six. What, I for would the be... <laughs> oh, are you are you re-muscling you trying... yourself?
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. You guys are. Uh, you look like something.
4: <laughs> yep. We look like we uh, just like floated in on the tide.
0: Yes, I-, I feel like what I'm learning about this group is that y'all are not super stealthy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who needs stealth, really? I mean,
0: different strokes and whatnot. Um, all right, so you have you have done your best disguise of yourselves. You yep, you feel yeah. like you're gonna blend in really well as you enter the slums district. Um, and just a reminder um, that you uh, Cedric knows where you're going. So this the Rum. It's weird. New Satechester is just about 20 years old and most of the buildings here are not even that old and yet the lux rum looks like it's been here for perhaps hundreds of years uh looking aged weather beaten and uh uh, just ramshackle um (laughs) and uh as you i'm assuming you're going inside
4: yes yes Uh, um
0: yeah so definitely
4: trying to walk a little like not like we're fall down drunk but I'm at least trying to, you know, maybe doing the, like, I'm drunk, but the I'm not drunk walk. Trying to get up to the bar. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Um, uh, how about a performance check, if that's what you're trying to do?
4: That'll probably <laughs> also be terrible.
1: <laughs> walk right here, you know, trying to... Um, the police officer.
0: Yeah.
4: What kind... so what kind of performance? Act? Which is being Basically
0: act? acting, yeah. I'm okay. not as think-as-you-drunk-I-am. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Uh, I got a 13.
0: Okay. I got a 7. <laughs> Cedric, like, runs into the door jam. <laughs> 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 Very community.
4: Everyone looks up at us. Yeah. I, think, I just kind of grab you and, like, <laughs> spear you along with me. Um, right up to the bar.
0: <laughs> so, again, the air in here is filled with uh, smoke from cigars, pipes, and... The kitchen? Um, there's a big <laughs> fireplace on one side, uh, lots of, um, tables, and an assortment of assorted chairs. Uh, almost, an, It almost appears as if no two chairs in here are the same. Um, there is a bar in the back, um, but in order to get there you have to dodge some holes in the floorboards, and, um, you're constantly walking on, like, sticky, like, alcohol-soaked wooden floor, um... <clears throat> There is um, a bartender behind the bar. Um, it appears to be the same cat that Cedric and Kay saw before. Um, so he's kind of scraggly. Looks like one of his canine teeth is broken. He's got a patch over one eye, um, and he's sort of uh, he's you know pouring a drink every once in a while for a patron, and you know sort of wiping up, although you really wonder if the wiping up does anything, because this place appears rather dingy. Um, And there is a large bounty board. um, As you are facing the bar, it's against the wall um, to the left of the bar.
4: Uh, Yeah, stride up to the bar, and I say, uh, Hello, good afternoon, my my dear Tabaxi. Uh, Two of your finest ales, please
0: um <clears throat> so he sorry i'm trying to remember oh yeah it's his left eye um <laughs> i was trying to remember which side had the patch on it <laughs> different every time what sort of drink did you want uh we've got two specialty drinks or we've got ale and wine and all kinds of other things
4: uh, two ales for now. I, I think we're going to be uh, in it for the long haul today.
0: Alright, alright then. Um, do you just want to open a tab then?
4: Yes, my good sir.
0: Fair enough. Um, so he drafts two ales and puts the glasses up on the bar for you. I don't know why I'm still talking with my eye closed.
3: <laughs> <laughs> the, the specialty drink is what I had last time.
0: Well, you had one of the specialty drinks.
3: I have one of the specialty drinks. The other one might be better. I don't know.
4: Oh, no. Cedric. Cedric, do you
0: remember which one you had?
4: Yeah. Yep. No. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you mean the one you told me, like, wrecked you? <laughs> let's not start yes. with that. Okay. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, okay, let's, well, let's, Uh. I don't know. Let's, you know the kind of delay of the land in here. Uh, let's. Pick a seat near—I don't know—within earshot of some people.
3: Uh, yeah, okay, that's a good idea. Um, right. Uh, yeah, I um, there's some chairs over there.
4: <laughs> Pick um, up ale and, and walk over. I was gonna say, are <laughs> you to...
0: looking for a particular group of people, or?
4: <laughs> um, trying to be near folk that we could then. Sort of like talk, like talk to, start try to engage.
0: Okay. Um, there's a few groups of um, mostly humans again. That's most of who you see in the town. Um, there's at least one dwarf in the room, and maybe um, a gnome or two. Um, I don't know who you want to sit near. The dwarf.
2: The yeah, it's like Cedric sits on top. Of the <laughs> on top. <of> the dwarf.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hi, friend. <laughs> yeah.
3: Can I? Can I go? Yeah. What is the What does the dwarf look like?
0: Um. Wearing, medium she... medium height for a dwarf uh, very stocky and muscular um, muscly arms and calloused hands he's got auburn hair cropped close against his head but he has an incredibly full auburn beard that's neatly trimmed and unadorned um, and brown eyes set below very full wiry eyebrows <clears throat>
4: um, I'm gonna I'm gonna head
3: over to, to him
4: uh, I, I, Uh, Uh, I mean, I guess I'll go with Cedric, uh, because I don't think we should split up (laughs) Uh (laughs) while we're trying to get information. Uh. Howdy, howdy, brother. Hello? My name's Cedric.
0: (laughs) Nice to meet you, I'm Nossel. Uh, You new in town?
3: Um, Yeah, sort of. I mean, I've been here a couple of days, but yeah, yeah, Um, this is my friend Fletcher. We're uh, looking to get into the seafaring business.
4: Mm. Yeah, mostly interested in uh, how you know, uh, working our way up, trying to become merchants. Uh, you know, trying to trying to get the lay of the land, how uh, how the trade operates in the town. Uh, we both are like like Cedric said. Uh, We've both arrived at about the same time, so fairly new and trying to get the lay of the land.
0: Yeah, I, uh, there's a lot of seafaring folk in and out of this city. Uh, lots of good trade. Uh, what brought you here?
4: Uh, opportunities, <clears throat> new land, money.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, money. <laughs> it's always a good thing to be looking for.
4: Indeed. So, uh, how, what, how long what have you can... been in
5: town? Oh
0: boy. <laughs> Oh, I, uh, I've lived here with my wife for probably five or six years now, I guess.
4: You've, you found it e- easy to get by?
0: Yeah, well, uh, you know, the town, especially one growing like this, and with the tenebrian military presence and all these other folk uh definitely needed blacksmithing so here we are and uh we've made quite a business for ourselves with it so
3: you're a smith i am how's 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 it work in in uh in a town of all these these uh humans How, how how are you settling in
0: well uh i mean they can't find better than our craftsmanship of course
5: Of
0: course. So, uh, no, we do a pretty handy business, uh, supply a lot of the guards, a lot of folk that look, uh, sort of like yourselves, as he's, you know, really taking the measure of your personal appearances right now. (laughs) Uh, Certainly. Yeah, we, we make a little bit of everything, and, uh, you know, little sister, uh, little sister supplies what we don't and so it's a really happy family business.
3: Uh where's your where's your forge? What part of town? Oh, oh boy.
5: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um let me find that for you. <laughs>
2: Well, what, you don't have all three hundred NPCs memorized. No, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember like what one of my four siblings I have. <laughs> uh, our
0: our smithy is right uh, at the edge of the um, the market district, right up against the docks. So it's easy for people to see and hear, and they know to come to us when they need need supplies. There is another smithy, and well, he's he's nice enough, but uh. You know we we like to we like to keep the competition stiff,
3: yeah, no that seems fair. I think I've been there um and I'll definitely check you out the next time i uh my my companions need some some smithing done
0: mm. appreciate that always yeah. nice to make friends and make business
3: uh what kind of um i don't know i've I've noticed since I've been in town that the humans tend to do things a little bit uh Differently than us. There seems I... to be a, 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 a even almost a, a criminal element in this city. Is there anything that we should be watching out for as far as the uh, uh, the criminal element? Especially. In, in, are there any dangerous types?
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. He, uh, so he's got two mugs in front of him, and he takes the first one and slams it back, kind of shakes, and then he chases it with a drink from the second mug. He says, criminals. That's, uh, (laughs) that's amusing. Uh, I mean, every town of any size has criminals, I guess, uh, if you've ever been in a city of any kind before. People, whether they're humans or dwarves or gnomes or halflings or whatever, don't always like to play by the rules. And New Sajester is a funny town because it's grown pretty fast for how young it is. And it's out here in the wilderness without any sort of rules. I mean, there's a mayor and the magistrate and all them other humans running things. But it's not, you know, it's not like a city at home on Beatebron, you know? So, sure, there's people doing stupid shit and making other people unhappy but a criminal element that that's a little more than i would suspect from this place we've been very happy here well,
4: that's that's great to hear given the, the <laughs> line of work we'd like to get air? into
0: <laughs> sorry what was that
4: that's that's uh that's very reassuring to hear given given the the line of work that the two of us are looking to get into it seems like so, if a criminal element involved in, you know, trade and and, uh, the merchant the the merchant business in a shipping town like this w- would have been would be <clears throat> rather uh, a big problem.
0: Hi.
3: Uh, how about we've we've been we've been negotiating a little bit with a um, Mr. Green. Have you had any business dealings with him?
0: Green. Green.
3: Hudson. Yeah, uh, Hudson Green? He's a human, fella, Real tall.
0: Yeah, well, most of them are, aren't they? <laughs> I know. That's
3: very disconcerting, <laughs> am I right?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, we make do. Uh, I don't think I know a green, but there's so many humans here, it's hard to keep track of all of them. You know, yeah, they, uh, they start to look the same.
3: I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, they all just look like a bunch of like necks and chins from down mm-hmm. below. You yeah. know?
4: Yeah. No offense, Fletcher.
2: Cedric <laughs> so has made one friend in the whole town. <laughs>
4: it's understandable. I mean, dwarves all kind of just look like a bunch of scalps from up here.
5: <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> We're
4: dead. We're dead. <laughs> Fletcher has very low charisma. <laughs> so does Hendrik.
0: Oh, Steve has no stealth and no charisma. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we just let the two best people to go out and get know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not all of uh, the dangers of splitting are you? the party are combat based. why did you leave
1: us? If we ever get merch, that should definitely be one of the things. Swords look like a bunch of scalps, and then it's just like a bunch of like heads from the top. <laughs> um.
3: Uh. Well, it's been good. Good chatting with you. Um. As we build our business empire, I'm sure we will have many more dealings together. I appreciate you uh, knowing that you're around, friend.
0: Likewise, pleasure to meet you, young enterprising fellows.
4: <laughs> more than blessings be upon you,
0: <laughs> and you too. <clears throat>
4: Thank you for uh for your advice and all and all your time. Uh, let the uh your next drink let the bartender know to put it on our tab.
0: Ah, appreciate that. And he yells out, Hey Rumo, another hammer beer. Tabaxi starts drawing another beer.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, And that's on us.
0: The cat's just nodding his head as he's doing the thing. <laughs>
4: um, he's like, I hate people. <laughs> should we make our way to a group of humans?
3: What's everybody else in the bar look like?
4: Yeah, is there anyone who looks like
0: well, they look like a bunch of like knees? Someone... Apparently, <laughs>
4: <laughs> like if, if there's someone dressed nicely versus someone with like scars all over their face and like <laughs> missing teeth.
0: I mean, it's kind, we kind of who a...
4: Presents that
0: it's <laughs> um. It's kind of a mix, you know, there's there's people of, you know, not not anybody that looks like especially fancy. Um, just a bunch of, you know, working classy type people, mix of ages, you know.
3: I feel like we should talk to a human next. Maybe he would know Mr. Green.
4: <clears throat> especially if we, I mean, we really, we need to find a merchant. I mean, the dwarf may sell his goods uh, but being as blacksmith I don't think he'd probably have as much insight into what we're trying to figure out but I don't know well what we might just have to keep talking to people to find someone who's a trader we could ask the bartender i bet or he knows a trader maybe <laughs> uh yeah uh i don't want i'll stay at the table uh, so we're not both moving around together constantly. Uh, if you go find out, uh, you know, tell him our backstory, we're, we're, what we're trying to do in town, and, and see if he recommends somebody who's here.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a... That's a okay. Yeah.
4: This is also it. my little way of having Cedric practice talking to people normally. <clears throat> mm
0: mm-hmm.
3: See how this goes.
0: <laughs> All right, so you're going to talk to a human? Is that?
3: No, I'm going to come up to the bar oh. to
4: back the bartender.
3: You're talking bartender.
0: back to the cat folk. Okay.
3: Yeah. Uh, can I get another hammer beer?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. You were in here the other day, weren't you? you just, yes. You decided you, you liked that, huh? Yeah, sure. And he starts drawing yes. another one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> here you uh, go.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Um,. <clears throat> So uh I'm new in town. Mm-hmm. Me and my uh my uh, uh coworker, mm-hmm. colleague, uh we're looking to get into the uh the whole merchanting uh business. Uh so we're looking to make some business contacts in town. Uh is anybody in here in that particular trade that we could talk to? Just trying to network a little bit.
0: Merchanting? Mm-hmm. I mean there's a lot of tradesfolk in here. What kind of goods you looking for?
3: Um, mm, uh, fish, um, uh, fish selling and vegetables.
0: Mmm, vegetables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, fish, <clears throat> I think you, uh, you met the Fliddler brothers last time you were in here, right?
3: Yes, and they were very helpful.
0: And he, um, he gestures there over at a, a table.
3: Oh, I um, wave at them. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: boy. <laughs> The life of my brother is in these hands? <laughs> She's like, move it along. <laughs> He's dead. <Yeah>. He's dead! <laughs> and, uh, what'd you say? Vegetables? Ugh.
3: Uh, yes. Yes, the vegetable market. Mm. It's very lucrative.
0: Mm, hmm mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a... There's some farmers in here, I guess I don't know who you're looking for or what what you're looking for
3: uh, I was <clears throat> more thinking in the like import export shipping industry
0: hmm I mean I uh anybody that
3: runs a ship in here
0: runs a ship <laughs> as she opens her eye again to read her notes with depth perception um <laughs> It's like, wait a minute. I thought you were talking about the tabaxi for a
5: no,
3: second. No, I'm like,
0: sorry. <laughs> I can't, can't keep holding my eye closed. <laughs> um,
5: <laughs>
3: we'll notes. all try and suspend our disbelief but now that you've ruined the illusion sure. of no longer being a one-eyed tabaxi.
0: You know what? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my God. Why can't I? There we go. Um. <clears throat> uh yeah, there's a there's a pair of ship captains over there, I think, and he sort of gestures over to a a, a table on one side of the room. <laughs> okay. Uh ooh, uh
3: okay, uh what are they drinking?
0: Uh what are they drinking? <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Too many documents, folks. Um <laughs>
3: <laughs> you have to actually have this written down somewhere no i'm, I'm
0: just looking at what the options are <laughs> oh
3: okay
0: <laughs> uh i think they were both have an ale
3: uh two more ales okay on my companions tab
0: mm-hmm.
3: and, and i'll take our three drinks
0: mm-hmm. you you got you got that you sure yeah
3: okay. i'm good i'm good yeah all right mm-hmm. let me get down and i'm gonna like Jeff with my eyes over to the table over there <laughs> <It> to <took> Fletcher.
0: <laughs> Cedric's like, <laughs> Fletcher, what have you been doing while all this was happening? Crying.
4: <laughs> yeah, w- watching him listening and, uh, <laughs> hoping things wouldn't go horribly wrong. But it seems like, you know, I I, I get up to, to kind of follow him over, uh, doesn't seem like things went too badly.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you uh, you approach uh, a pair of humans sitting at a table. They look like grizzled sea captainy types.
4: Uh, ahoy! Uh, may we join you with our uh, bounty of drinks?
0: Uh, ahoy! They sort of look at you and, like. I, I like who pull are
3: out you? them on the table and like kind of push them forward. <laughs> and then I take my hammer beer back and I hold it.
0: Okay, <laughs> you're just like holding it with two hands. Like... Yeah. Uh, Hi.
5: I, I,
4: I hope you uh, can pardon our intrusion, uh, but my uh, my colleague and I found out uh, that you are both. Uh, renowned ship captains, and we are new to this town and and very interested in trying to break into the trading and merchant ship business here, uh, and just thought we uh, could perhaps buy you a few drinks in order to ask you a few questions.
0: Okay. Push the drinks towards them. Like...
4: <laughs>
0: they each take one by the top and just kind of slide it over.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I mean, we're just we're interested in uh, you know what. Well, first off, uh, well, my my name is Fletcher and my my associate here is Cedric. Uh, and and you know what what uh what what ships do you captain? What what do you do here in town exactly?
0: Um, so one of them says, oh, I, uh, I'm the captain of the Naga's Bite. I'm just stopping in for a few days before I, uh, head home to Tenibria. And the other one says, ah, and I'm the captain of the Copper Worm.
4: Ah, uh, both fantastic ships, you must be very proud of them. Mm-hmm.
0: Didn't you write in on one of those?
4: Oh, uh, I was aboard the Nagas Bite. Yes, it, it was a <laughs> it was a smooth sail, very enjoyable.
0: Mm, glad you appreciated it.
4: Uh, do you do you do trade in, in anything else, or do you uh, mostly do runs of uh, new settlers uh, over here to Arda?
0: Um, so the the captain of the Nagas Bite, uh, Grand Alenach, he says. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm- I'm mostly, uh, dealing passenger cargo, I guess you could say, run people to and from here and all the other places, uh, don't really get up to the- the little land, the, you know, pirates' haven so much, but, you know, Tenibria, New Nusatrister, Udevin, on all over the place, just moving people. Oh,
4: uh, that's- that's <clears throat> very interesting. Um,
0: the captain of the copper worm says i i uh i mostly deal in cargo uh stop off lots of places and pick up trade goods and ferry them around i came from udavin stopping off here to resupply ship essentials and then making our way on back to tenebria
4: <laughs> ah do uh how do you find uh your your trade here in new HHS, sir? that's we're, we're extremely interested in, in that business here. Is it, is it easy? Do, do you find, uh, do you find the, the trade here to be, uh, you're well received and, and it's easy to get along?
0: I, I don't really trade here much. Uh, mostly, like I said, stopping off here for ship essentials, you know, fresh water, food for the crew, that sort of thing. Uh, the trade goods we've got are things we picked up on the other continent and taken back home to sell. So, <laughs> um, the so. bartender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bartender knocks his own glasses off the bar sometimes. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So I uh, I don't really pick up trade goods from here too often, but uh I mean. If I'm being perfectly honest, a lot of the people around here are still awfully poor, and uh, <laughs> there isn't a whole lot good to take from here as yet. Uh, I guess nobody's really seen what else this place might have to offer in terms of goods that could be sold in places where they might be made use of.
4: Ah, that's that's uh, extremely good insight. Perhaps we could begin trading some of those useful things, uh, and make this, uh, our, our new home of, a, a brand new exotic good, uh, that, that could, I think, be a very lucrative business.
0: Uh, got a boat? Not no. yet. <laughs> ah, well, you see, now, that's, uh, that's step one.
4: Well, if we are simply providing the trade to others with boats... Uh, and not hauling the goods ourselves, uh, we could have a monopoly on whatever good we produce here.
0: Mmm, I see, I see. Uh,
3: have you, to, sorry to interrupt, but have you, uh, have you had any dealings with a with a Mr. Green here in New Sagester?
4: Ah, yes, we, that was one contact we've received so far that may, uh, provide a, a good trade business to us.
0: Um... <clears throat> the captain of the copper worm, uh donan he says i've uh, i've heard the name but i haven't i haven't dealt with the green company or anything yet i uh yeah I, I know i know he's here but uh i'm not i haven't been uh employed by him yet uh would you like to do a let's see here um, how about a gather information check?
3: And just just Fletcher or both of us?
0: Um, Flet- Fletcher's the one who just asked that question, so...
4: Uh, luckily... <laughs> I got a 17.
0: Hmm. Um, so he goes on to say, yeah, I haven't been employed by Mr. Green yet, uh, but I, I guess that might be, uh, it might be for the best. Um, sounds like, uh, last I heard, maybe a, a ship got caught in a storm uh, in sort of the southern sea and went down. Uh, I think that ship might have been employed by him, so... Maybe it's best Ah. to not be in his employ. I don't know if maybe it's unlucky.
4: Ah, so he may have lost a lot of goods and money.
0: That happens. That's, uh, part of the danger and thrill of doing trade, isn't it?
4: That's, That's very true. Uh, well, uh... Cedric, do you have any any additional questions for, for our two captains? I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight.
3: Nope, just uh, glad to have made your acquaintance. Mm.
4: <laughs> well, uh, th- thank you both, and I, I hope you en- enjoy your drinks.
0: Thank you kindly.
4: Uh, yeah, we, uh, I guess, stand up and as we're walking away, I'm like, well, no one we haven't talked to anybody yet who really knows much about trade here at all um but it sounds like maybe this trouble that the greens are in have to do with the loss of all these goods, and now he owes whoever the whoever else was involved with that, maybe the owner of those goods or uh uh
3: Certainly, financial situations could have have put people in uh, scenarios where they might be taken advantage of before. This wouldn't be the first time something like that has happened. Uh, I think I think that's a there's, there's a reasonable chance that that you're correct. Uh, yes, good observation. I think we should report that back to Kay and Lucanus.
4: Let's yeah let us head back let's head back into the center part of town, um, yeah. Then I guess yeah we'll start we'll start exiting the bar. Uh, 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 uh. It would be a
0: shame to see you go and see all of your gold with go with you.
4: <laughs> oh, I I'm so sorry, man. And also Sarah. my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I try to, I guess I'll do another performance check real quick. Eleven? I'm trying to, like, more exaggerated, act like I'm more drunk now, and it's why I forgot. And I wander back up to the bar, and, um uh, Give me a perception oh,
0: check as you walk up there.
4: I make a perception check? Yeah. Perception. Okay. Uh, Sixteen.
0: Okay, you can see his tail twitching. It seems like he doesn't really buy it. <laughs>
4: Uh, how how much do I owe you, good sir?
0: Let's see. That was uh, two ales for yourselves and a hammer beer for your friend. Who, mm, uh, and then another hammer beer and two more ales. So four ales and two hammer beers. So that's. Uh, oh boy, where's my pricing? Um, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be uh, two gold.
4: Ah, uh, they're very well. I uh, pull out. Pull out two gold and um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out an, and then another gold for him to try to smooth things over um, and, and toss it on the counter.
0: Appreciate it.
4: Thank you very much for, for the wonderful service, mm-hmm. good sir. Uh,
0: did you guys finish your drinks or what's going on with that?
3: Said Cedric's going to put his hammer beer back on the bar without like, drinking uh, it kind of far away from the tabaxi, like, try and be, like, subtle about the fact that he hasn't drunk any of it, and just put it back up on the Make bar. Make
0: <laughs> a stealth check. <laughs>
5: Shit. <laughs> um.
3: Yeah, that's a 13.
0: A 13. <laughs> okay. Um, what was that? I mean, not...
3: he's gonna notice when he goes to pick up the glass. I oh. <laughs> just, just trying to bail <laughs> with a little bit of dignity.
0: Um, where did he get? <laughs> Those of us who are
3: lightweights have to.
0: What, what was the number you got? Thirteen. Oh, uh, he doesn't seem to notice. <clears throat>
4: um, no, I was, I was like nursing my single ale, um, so I maybe had half of it, and I, I left it at, like, the end of the table we just got up from, so it can just be, like, taken away later.
0: Cool. Um, so. are you guys looking at anybody else in there, or doing anything else, or are you just walking out now?
4: Um, I kind of feel like if we, if we continue sitting down and talking to every single group of people... We'll, we'll draw some kind of attention. Um, <laughs> and being split up in the group right now may not be what we'd like to do. Mm. Uh, Fletcher knows he definitely, if something were to happen, probably wouldn't go well. Mm. Uh, so C- Cedric, we I'm guessing let's just head back and try to find Kay and Lucanus.
3: Uh, yeah. Uh yeah yeah I, I, did, we made plans to meet back up at the uh tavern
4: that we've been staying at
2: the marked bird the marked yes. bird yes, yes. the, mm-hmm. the, the head, bird. yeah
4: we wow. we agreed to to tweet up back at the marked bird <sighs>
0: Cheryl now regrets her decision. Every, every DM ever has this experience where players <laughs> make fun of the names of things in their towns or, or, or the names of their NPCs, and then...
3: To be fair, in, in just, real life, I people also, also that. do that. That's true, that's
4: true. That is <sighs> true. Yeah, then I guess, yeah, we head back there?
0: <laughs> there? Yes, let's
4: do Mark that. Third? Okay, yeah, we go out
0: okay you go out uh k and lucanis are you doing anything else Mm, i think we're heading towards the entertainment district you're heading towards Mm. the entertainment district to the theater to the theater to the theater oh boy Theater. (laughs) oh boy okay um so you are heading into the entertainment district um Uh, so as you walk into that area, you can see the, um, the building where the Royal Academy of Explorers is going to be built, and then you pass by, um, a tea house, and then you are in between, um, so like you're walking down sort of like the main street in there. Um, so then you're in between the, um, the Ecstasy Theater and a fancy-looking, uh, restaurant that is not yet open for dinner, because it's still kind of, it's, it's, it's still pre-dinner time.
2: What? You can eat dinner at any time of the day.
0: (laughs) This is a fancy restaurant, though. Fancy, fancy.
2: All right, well, um, I just like walk into the front door of the theater.
0: Yes, you do because it's closed. So you just. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Knock, knock, knock. (laughs) All right. Well, Gannis? thoughts? I obviously um. can't think because I just bang my head pretty damn hard on that door.
1: <laughs> Is there a back door?
2: Oh, that that would be a good idea.
0: Ooh, the stage, I- door. <laughs>
2: a stage, stage door. door.
1: Or or a door that would be less obvious oh. if it was, you know,
2: say broken down. <laughs> or, or closed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah i mean like let's try and look for a door i guess okay um where are you looking um you could sort of so so in order to get here you kind of had to walk through like the warehousing district so it's like the um okay, on your map um uh 43 is the office of the royal academy of explorers and um 45 is the ecstasy theater Okay, yes, I see. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and then beyond that is, um, uh, so 46 is a bathhouse. Um, so, like, where are you, where are you going to look for a door, I guess?
2: Uh, where was, what, what side
0: was Sir Tim murderized? Um, uh, Timothy Prendergast was found dead in the alleyway between the Ecstasy Theater and the building site of the Royal Academy of Explorers
2: is that what number is that or do you want to
0: put it in the map um that's uh uh 43 is the royal academy building? okay good i assume well i guess that side and also can we like how many days ago was it um it was like how many days ago was it that's a great question (laughs) um how many days have you been here you've only been here like three days well i mean not not you i mean you was in like when did the curtain rise on this game? It was like three or four days ago, right? Yeah. Okay, so yeah. it was like- it was like basically the day before you met all these yahoos. <laughs> so it's- cause like- cause the whole Jay being in jail thing is very recent development. Okay, so like, four? So like four days ago? I don't yeah, know. Pretty much.
2: I look at Lucanus and say, well, I mean, this- this whole thing went down like four days ago, right? So maybe there might be a clue... here? In addition to a door? I don't know. Maybe we can just keep our eyes open to see if anything looks
0: particularly suspicious.
1: Should we- should we do a search check?
0: Yeah, probably. Right. Uh, once you're in the alleyway, you may make a search check. You may each make an individual search check. On, make a search check. Come on! Are you searching- <laughs> are you searching any particular part of the alleyway, or are you just doing the whole alleyway? Um I mean I don't really know what the alleyway looks like. Why don't you describe the alleyway? I mean it's write? it's a pretty standard alleyway, right? So sort of cobblestone flag street. Um there's the theater building on one side and the mostly built Academy of Explorers building on the other side. Um so I didn't know if you were searching the walls of either building or the street, it's you know the the alleyway cobblestoniness itself or if you're just sort of searching the whole thing. <clears throat> um
2: I don't know, probably the whole thing. Okay. I'm not particularly focused, because, you know, there's a lot on my mind right now, so hopefully whatever it is will just, like, jump out and hit me in the face.
1: Okay. I, I vote we just sort of checked the alleyway where the body was found, because... That's where we are. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, the whole, like, premises and... I didn't understand. No, we're...
0: well, I mean, so you're so you're in the alley where you heard the uh, from people on the docks. You heard that the body was found in this alleyway, um, but it's not like there's like a chalk police outline or anything crazy like that. Yeah. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so I actually rolled a twenty, a natural twenty. I rolled a natural twenty, and then got a and I have a six modifier, so I have a
0: 26. That's twenty six. How about you, Lucanus? Nine plus two. Nine plus two is eleven. Um, so you're sort of looking around. Uh, a lot of this is still very unfamiliar to you, and you're you're definitely playing the bodyguard thing. So like every sound, you're like turning your head and looking. Um, so you're <laughs> maybe doing a less thorough job of looking you know, on the ground in the walls. Um, But Kay, you are driven. You want to figure this out. You want to save Jay, your brother, from this horrible fate. Um, And so you you are able to find two things that seem a little out of place. I mean, this is an alleyway, so there is a lot of stuff here. Um, But you find two things that seem like they might belong um, in in your uh, investigation. Um, So you find some shards of glass sort of in the middle of the alleyway, and a little ways away from the shards of glass, you find a cork. Like a wine bottle cork? Like a cork that would stopper some sort of bottle, yeah.
1: So either wine or potion. Yeah.
0: Hey,
2: Lucanus, you have a piece of paper in that, like, handy-dandy whatever you carry with you all the time? It's
0: clear glass.
1: <clears throat> do I have a piece of paper?
0: Do you have a piece of paper? I Is know, that, that a that you, you <laughs> carry, lieutenant? Yeah. <laughs> do
1: you have you like a notebook what? or something? It would be. I have a list of crap that I carry in your backpack. Um, Good job.
0: <laughs> hey. I do not have a backpack. What a D and D player can... who's keeping an inventory of their stuff.
1: Yeah, nonsense. Right?
0: It's because he's new. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't have pockets. Cause...
1: Closest I have is a winter blanket.
2: <laughs> Great. Do you have something that we can draw? <laughs> do you have something that we can draw on that winter blanket with?
1: Uh, <clears throat> I do not.
2: Damn. Well, <laughs> guess we'll have to. Conveniently commit this to memory. <laughs>
0: uh, if only there was someone in your party who had the ability to take a, a Polaroid picture.
2: <laughs> right. If only. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the nod that's happening right now is amazing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> is that a wizard ability?
0: It's a Fletcher it's ability. It's a Fletcher ability. He hasn't gotten to use it yet.
4: <laughs> nope.
0: Uh, why? <laughs> we
3: <We're... laughs> well, Hey, we're doing very important drinking right
2: now. <laughs> I hate all of you. <laughs> I
1: mean, honestly, Kay, let's just head back to the marked bird to grab to grab that piece of paper because it's been four days. That stuff's probably still gonna be here for a little while. <clears throat> Someone's trying to cover their tracks. You like, hear the sound of a street sweeper. Or... <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah, I when mean. Janus
1: rolls initiative. on Face <laughs> off
0: against the street sweeper.
2: I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's not that far. I mean, I feel like we could run there in what, like twenty minutes, and then yeah. back.
1: Yeah, let's just head there and back.
2: All right, let's go. All right, and I will. Now, make a
0: tote where I have a piece of paper and a pen. Cool. For those of us who don't have photographic memory or whatever it is. <laughs> um, so, as you are um, coming down the street back towards the marked bird, you see Cedric and Fletcher um, coming from the opposite direction. Or, well, I guess, yeah, you're sort of. Anyway, you see each other on the street.
2: <laughs> Hi, friends. Hey, guys. Hi. There's Whoa. stuff but mainly but mainly like Lucanis and I are running to the mark bird because we need a piece of paper so we can draw like there's some kind of like sketch stuff in the alleyway where Mr. Tim was severely murdered and so we like want to draw it so that way you know we have like evidence and stuff.
4: Oh, oh. let's just go straight there. I developed a spell in school that I've been waiting to use for so long. <laughs>
2: does, it, does it magically manifest paper?
5: <laughs>
4: it creates an exact replica of the scene I concentrate on in my notebook. I call it a vivigraph. A it vivigraph. draws what I'm seeing in life.
2: Huh. And, so and can, like I can recreate it exactly. Oh, well that sounds much better because my drawing skills are pretty horrible, so that that sounds good.
4: <laughs> so are mine, but luckily it does not depend on what my hands can do, only my mind.
0: Perfect. I guess let's just go back then. I, I see Peter squinting at the screen. Yes, we did homebrew a cool cantrip
5: for <laughs> yeah, this I like game.
0: It. <laughs> um, yep. One of the coolest things about this cantrip is because in 3-5 you don't just get free cantrips all day long like you do in 5th. Um, so Fletcher is still constrained in the number of times he can cast this per day, but it is exceptionally useful for a grad student type who needs to make notes on a lot of important things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, I wish I had that ability. I know,
1: right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: And I have, I actually, I have it imbued in a wand. Um, that when I once I created it and refined it, I was able to put it into, you know, a usable tool form, so I can, I can go and do this when needed.
1: So Fletcher has like the perfect lab notebook.
4: <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Convenient. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> um, let's let's see how well it works and go that way before you know someone cleans it
0: up. Let's go. All right, so you all head on back to the entertainment district. <laughs> all right, Fletcher, so
2: you, so you see that broken clear glass over there, and you see that random cork? Uh-huh. I don't know, they, they seem a little weird to me. I don't know, I'm just saying.
4: Let's see. So, you, so you'd like to focus on, on just that, or on the larger context of the alley?
2: Probably the larger context of the alley, like where it is, because we'll probably be asked that, someone will be asked that, we'll have, we have evidence and stuff. So, I don't know, it it could be useful.
4: Okay. Uh, well, luckily, uh, I can spend, you know, you can give me maybe ten minutes, uh, to, to concentrate on, on this scene, uh, We should be relatively undisturbed, and I can... I I should be able to recreate uh, a highly detailed vivograph of the alley. Okay. Uh, So I, yeah, I pull out... um, I I just hold my uh, blank notebook that I have uh, and open up to a page um, and pull out the wand and and close my eyes to begin concentrating with... uh, my mind's eye on the alleyway um, while holding, <coughs> holding the wand just sort of over the notebook. Uh, and you see first just a black line form uh, a rectangle across the size of an entire page. So I'm using up a whole page. Um, and then it slowly begins sort of just filling in the details of the image of what's in front of me in the alley.
2: Cool, actually, yeah.
0: that is pretty cool. I'm it was a we did not a great idea that Ryan came up with. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs> I was like, because since Fletcher is, I mean, he's currently like obsessed with his time in in at the university and and being a scholar. Um, he focused on creating this spell for this exact, you know, for getting down exact bits of knowledge that he sees. Uh, so we can revisit it later. So, yeah. So I so it's, if I I can spend you know I can take our full sort of ten minutes undisturbed here and and create this vivagraph photograph uh, mm-hmm. on the page.
0: Are any of you doing anything while Fletcher spends ten minutes drawing or having his wand draw for him?
1: <laughs> yeah, Canis is standing guard at the end of the alley.
0: Uh, which end?
1: Uh, the um. <laughs> The more kind of um the end that's like not facing the heavily populated street
0: okay so you're looking sort of like towards the so the the the, dis- the districts in this town are sort of separated by not not very official walls they're sort of you know wooden uh you know stake walls um so you're at that end um because this so basically the back end of this alley butts up against the wall the wooden wall that separates the entertainment district from the temple district
1: yeah, but his back's <clears> towards, like, one of the one of the other walls, so okay. he's kind of watching both areas, but if any trouble happens, he kind of expects it to Kool-Aid Man through the wooden
2: slats. Okay.
0: <laughs> Anybody else? Kay looks for a door.
2: You look for a door where? I don't know. I guess there or on the
0: other side. Okay, so you're, like, you're yeah. circling. Is there a your... back door? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so there's definitely, like, a back door, stage door, also closed and locked. Damn. <clears throat> jerk are you doing anything? He's just kind of
1: wandering around, just kind of, like, poking, poking at stuff and, like, trash, like, board.
0: Okay. <laughs> um well this seems like a great place for us to take a break um so we're gonna take our bio break uh, maybe like five or ten ish minutes so that nancy can let her dog out um (laughs) if you do have any questions for the cast uh please put them in the uh, twitch chat or the periscope chat or tweet them at us and we'll address them when we come back um but another um in in any case just uh grab a snack and a drink and meet us back here in a little while we'll see you soon cool cool Well hi everybody, we're back. Uh, we were talking about adulting and what various people are having for dinner, um, we hope that you're having a good snack or a good dinner wherever you are or whatever you're doing. Um, (laughs) uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Eric, the radiant Marshall Brown, who has been (laughs) watching in the chat this whole time. Hi Eric! Thanks for being our constant companion. There hasn't been any heckling yet. Um, But Eric does have a question for the cast, which is actually kind of a great segue into um, what I was going to ask you guys to talk about when we came back. So first, we'll ask and answer Eric's question. Um, He says, if you could know any two D&D spells, one for your research and one for personal use, what would they be? (laughs) I don't know
2: any D&D spells. Mm. That's why I picked someone who shoots things with, you know, arrows.
5: <laughs> Fair enough.
0: <laughs> but Nancy probably does wish that she had the rogue's um, ability to evade traps or find traps in the first place. I find
2: every damn hole in the jungle. Like, I don't know how my... Like, like seriously, you want me to go first because I will trip on every route, I will
0: fall over every rock, and I will fall in every hole. So you don't have to. Mm Mm mm-hmm yeah so if you had trap finding that would be useful definitely cool (laughs) anybody else so
1: this isn't this isn't exactly a spell but i mean it could be for all for all i know but i've always wanted to make like a perfect a perfectly linear uh, like in a plant or an animal that has like a perfectly perfectly linear degree day growth pattern So you could set up an experiment, pop it in the oven at like 350 and have like six months worth of data done in like 10 minutes.
0: Um, I guess you could use like summon monster because then you'd like have the organisms.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that would work. Um, realize- would summon monster for like a, a taxonomist. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That would be perfect. Oh, man.
0: Um, another one that would be super useful for everyone, the spells Speak With Animals and Speak With Plants. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know
1: that was a thing. Yep, those
0: two spells are incredibly useful, or they can be. They don't, um, so some people like to use them where, like, you speak with the animals and, like, you have a conversation with it, but that's not really how, like, animals and their quote-unquote language work necessarily. So, in, (laughs) in my house, when we use Speak With Animals or Speak With Plants, um you sort of, uh, it's a sharing back and forth of, like, emotions kind of thing, right? So it's not, you know, you don't get to ask specific questions. It's more like a, yeah. you know, give me your feelings kind of thing. And also the caveat that, like, trees don't have eyes. Yeah, <laughs> so you well, can't, I like, kinda... ask the tree if, if a particular person walked past because the most the tree is going to give you is, well, I felt something walk past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, kind yeah. Of,
1: I kind of wonder, like, how useful that would be in real life because i could just imagine like you know my friend amy amy taught that i would say um she studies wasps mm. and i just kind of feel like if you were walking by a wasp nest and they and you were like hey how are you guys feeling and they'd be like i feel like you should fuck off
0: <laughs> we always feel angry we're wasps <laughs>
3: Yeah, I guess, like, I was thinking about it from, like, the perspective of an ag agent, right, where, like, a lot of my job is, like, diagnosing problems Mm. for farmers, you know, and it would be great to be able to, like, walk out into a field and, like, immediately identify, like, a disease or something like that, Mm. but... I, I would say like as a as a human being, you're just like, I feel shitty, right? Like when you're sick. It's <laughs> yeah. so like you know, it's like I, I wouldn't you know, it's like I could walk into a hip field and the plants wouldn't be like, I I have a russet mite infestation. They'd just be like, Uh <laughs> fix me. <laughs> yeah, so it wouldn't be extremely useful there.
0: But you could use the spell remove disease.
3: Yeah, Yeah. I I was thinking about that, but that's only targets like one individual, right? So like not super useful for like a 300 acre cornfield, you know.
0: Isn't corn a grass? How much? Mm -hmm. How do we determine what an individual grass is? Isn't that one of those fun things about all of the uh, plants in that group that like what an individual is is kind of weird? I learned that working in the prairie because you're like, oh well, like grasses are weirdly clonal i know that like an individual corn plant is a little more definable than like an individual big blue stem per se but still like you know
1: yeah corn corn doesn't corn doesn't have rhizomes yeah rhizomes are those underground stems where like yeah they send up shoots and i guess technically you could argue that the rhizome is like the actual plant and Mm -hmm. like the plants that you see are like kind of disposable leaves (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of like mushrooms right where the, like the
3: mushroom is like just the reproductive part yep. of the plant the yeah real, oh. or, the, or the organism
0: there were so many yeah. cool mushrooms out in the prairie yesterday so i went out um for my second to last day of field work for this calendar year and it had just rained so there were all these beautiful mushrooms out it was really awesome um and speaking of doing field work yesterday because it's the end of the season all of the indian grass was like eight feet tall in my wettest site, and uh, my poor undergrad and i were having a heck of a time Trying to find our way around, um, so I realized that the no direction um, spell would be really useful because that casting that spell allows you to immediately know where Cardinal North is, <laughs> so that we would have been able to find our way back out of our sight when we were done.
1: <laughs> Isn't that what a compass is
0: for? I didn't. Have a <laughs>
1: I mean, technically, technically, we have that spell in real life. I know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I did not have one with me. My hands were full of other things.
1: GPS on your cell phone?
0: Oh, please, honey, have you ever walked with your cell phone into the prairie? <laughs> that is a terrible idea. <laughs> one of the one of the other PIs at the university where I did my masters, he didn't he, he doesn't do field work very often. He's a microbial ecologist. Um, and he went out into the prairie with his phone in his pocket and his phone fell out of his pocket while he was walking around, and they had to use the find my iPhone thing to find it again. And he was lucky they did find it. Um, I actually have photos uh, on my phone from not this past spring, but the spring before when we went out and like reset up our research grids in one of the sites that had been burned, we found a charred, bubbled, blackened blackberry that someone had dropped in the prairie and no one had found it. And then that site had been burned and the fire went over the blackberry. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you do not take your phone out into the prairie with you unless it is absolutely imperative that you take a photo of some pretty flower out there.
3: <laughs> there's there's at least one of my phones somewhere on one of the University of Maryland research farms. <laughs> And it was my old flip phone, and oh. it, was like, it was like I was like, couldn't find it. It was, and that was that was the day that I switched over to getting a smartphone.
5: Mm-hmm. And at
3: least three pocket knives somewhere <laughs> in, in some field. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be digging potatoes in three years and get stabbed.
5: Yep.
3: <laughs> Sorry,
1: potential which, future researcher. <laughs> my which bad. Which leads us, which leads us to another spell that would be incredibly useful: find item.
0: It would. Yeah, find uh, object yeah. is useful. Um, I also like Unseen Servant because there's just like oh. an invisible force that can do work for you, so that's nice. I, I, need I, that. for you? Huh?
1: I feel like that would be incredibly useful, but if like scientists had access to that spell, <laughs> um, lab tech positions would just dry up.
0: Yeah, it's like Unseen Undergrad. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
3: Does Comprehend Languages work on R? Because I. <laughs> know... <laughs>
5: oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good not one. Not even that spell
3: <laughs> I cast it at level 10. <laughs>
1: oh, oh, God. Nothing. Oh, so, right now, right now, I'm starting to learn R, and I am going to get to complain about it very oh, soon. Oh, you're just I starting know. to learn oh, it? Oh, oh man. Oh,
3: welcome to the club.
0: Uh, <laughs> wait, are, yeah. does everybody else know how to use it already?
1: I mean...
2: No, this does, is why I left academia. Oh, does
3: anybody does anybody really understand how to use it? <laughs> <laughs> I
5: well,
3: have
1: actually, used it a lot. Actually, my um, my PI has a a, a great site um, R for uh, it's either agstats for R or R for ag agriculture. Hmm. It's a, a complete introduction on how to use R and um, just very very basic stuff for. Um, people who might be a little, you know, art-hearted, like me. (laughs) Uh,
0: I don't know, I think... Uh, I'm certainly not going to call myself an expert on R f- by any means. I, I used it for my master's thesis, which, you know, is good, I guess. But um, uh, hi, Xander. Uh, Xander mm-hmm. from Art Explains is in the chat, too. And he says, I've used R and don't really understand it. I think um, I don't know if it's That's ever good. something you can, like, understand. You basically just yeah. become very familiar with using whatever packages you're using for your particular analysis. So um, <laughs> yeah, yeah you're, you're, all this
4: and it works, and I don't know why. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you, case, you learn um, how to read like the help code and mm-hmm. figure out a new package and like like you you learn how to get through it and use yeah. the new oh package my gosh. you need to just, use.
0: just learning how to read a help co- like a you know mm-hmm. if you type in like yeah. question mark and then the function and that thing pops up and you're like what does this even say yeah <laughs> yeah Look, just in case just in case there's any non-scientists
1: um mm-hmm. listening out there R is a a program that allows us to um, figure out what's going on with our data. Um, You can get a whole bunch of data, but um, to actually find a real pattern in the data, you need to use statistics. And R is a um, sort of build your own calculator kind of deal. Uh, You sort of program Um, the tests you want to do into R and it will uh, get the data from all your (laughs) spreadsheets and do all your tests. And it is an incredibly (laughs) useful program because not, not every, um, not every statistics program that we use can do that, but R can do that. The only problem is that you literally have to learn how to program your (laughs) own calculator in order to use this program. Mm -hmm. And it's because of that um, there's because of how it's set up there is literally no <clears> interface <throat> it is incredibly difficult to use but once you learn how to use it it becomes the most useful program in a scientist's arsenal and the kind of the kind of joke that I made earlier um, that I get to complain about using ours because um, a lot of scientists especially those who went to grad school oh five or six years ago um, didn't you know that what R wasn't a big deal then, but since um, as the field has evolved, R has become more and more into greater use. So there's more and more people learning how to use it, and as I said earlier, it's kind of a bitch to learn. So um, there is there is actually a lot of camaraderie around just complaining <laughs> about this one incredibly useful program. Yeah.
0: My favorite spell in R is the package ggplot2 because you can make beautifully customized graphs and plots and charts which are far superior to anything Excel could ever dream of creating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I really like ggplot. And this segues um, nicely into a question I was going to ask you guys for our- oh my goodness, I lost my bell.
2: (laughs) Ting ting. For our- um,
0: our- our- there we go. So our, our out of character uh, science connected co- uh, conversation today um, is uh, so let's talk about real world science forensics applications, because y'all are doing some forensics in the alley right now. So I actually taught a forensic entomology class.
2: Oh, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, I designed and taught
2: it. That was like one of the things that I did for my master's that didn't count at all for my masters. Oh.
0: <laughs> Tell us more though, because like I actually, when I was in high school, um, wanted to grow up to work at the body farm because I'm weird and I like dead things. Um, oh, that's so- we, we did weird a whole decomp yeah. project
2: with pigs. Um, yeah. So, <clears throat> so forensic entomology is the study of insects developing in presumably a very dead body. <laughs> And then you determine how long the body has been exposed to the elements, dead, um, based on the insect development. So it's it's not a time of death. It's never that specific because biology is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does give you, I mean, it depends on how long and the body's been out there and how much you have to work with. <laughs> Mm, but and it's most accurate, it can get you within a couple of days, and it's least accurate, you know, yeah, that kid died like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which makes you know, which makes it a little bit challenging. Mm, my favorite part about it was that it's basically applied ecology. So all of the things that you talk about in ecology, like competition and resource partitioning, and um, you know, in micro ecosystems and stuff, all comes into play because a body that's in the back of a car. Is going to have different insects that can access it and have a different picture than literally literally a body outside of that car. So that's what I really liked about it. It was kind of just like a big puzzle. You walk in and you know only that there's a dead body there. And then you with your kind of just detective skills have to go in and collect um, you know, like the larvae from inside the body. There's also things that will pupate off the body, so you have to like move the body over and like dig under it in case there's bugs that have already come off of it. But one of the big challenges to forensic entomology is that the forensic entomologist isn't always the person, and usually isn't the person on scene, and so a lot of data is lost just because police don't really know how to properly document. So they'll just like take a picture of a, of like a thing of maggots. But you can't identify species off of a thing of maggots. Um, so you really need them to be, like, specially collected and preserved in alcohol and, like, not squashed with forceps. And, again, you like, the police would have to know to move the body to dig everything under it. So it's a pretty complicated field in general, which I think is one of the reasons why I liked it so much. But the forensic entomology class that I taught had two components. The first was... Um, a decomposition study where we actually got pigs from the University of Georgia and euthanized them and then threw them out and did our own kind of body farm and the students got to do whatever they wanted to their pigs, which told us a lot about the students' personalities. <laughs> like, one group uh, like, cut theirs up into itty-bitty pieces and scattered it <laughs> around the, <laughs> around the field. And another group, like, covered it <clears throat> with sticks and, and leaves. Another, like, the vet students, like, dissected out all of the inside bits. So, <laughs> Um, So that was fun. And then for the other half, because that was like the research, you know, we go every couple days, we see what's happening um, with these different pigs, which was really interesting because it was all in the same environment, just like different treatments of Mm -hmm. the animals. And then um, I designed case studies that were like role play interactive for the groups of students, so like down to the fact that one of them um, I was like, you check the hu- you want like check the house for more evidence And I like literally handed them an envelope that had like the bill of the person who died because the whole point was that like their um, the body was developing when the air conditioning was on and then the <laughs> electric bill wasn't paid so the electric bill turned off so it was like had a second type of development on the second That's half the of their case. But anyway, I like literally scanned in one of my bills and then change the name and the date and put it back in the envelope with all the junk mail handed to the students. So I was like super fun. <laughs> um, and then they had to solve their case with I gave them real places and real years. They had to use real weather station data and then then they had to defend their case in a mock trial setting because that's also part of the forensic <laughs> entomologist's job. Is that you were then called in as the expert as the expert witness and then you have to explain what you did basically in a way that a jury with maybe a sixth grade science education could understand. So that, that's like the long short of it, I guess. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) No, that was a great explanation. And yeah, that stuff's super fascinating. (laughs) No, Super cool. Well,
1: the, um, the forensic technique that I, I've also been very interested in the forensic technique, um, as of late and it's, uh, um, familial DNA analysis. So, um, just to sort of give a history about this, there was um uh, about, oh, about no, more than that, nineteen eighty five there were um <coughs> two uh there were two barrels um there or sorry, there was a barrel found in a, uh the woods of Bearbrook State Park with two bodies in it. And like nobody knew who these bodies were. And then in two thousand they um uh, found another of bodies that had been there since 1985, um, and they were actually um, only identified earlier this year, and there's a really, really good podcast called Bear Brook, which goes through this entire case, but um, uh, it turns out that um, the person who did this was a serial family <coughs> violent, so if you remember the Chris Watts case that made the news maybe two years back, the guy who killed his family and put them in um, the, oil bi- the oil drum. The guy who did these body, the guy who hid these bodies um, in the state park, did that for like 40 years, and they um, they really only figured out who this guy was and what the extent of his crimes were by taking the DNA from some of their victims and plugging it into um, essentially Ancestry.com, <laughs> tracking down these people's relatives and. Um, trying to get closer and closer, um, to the, um, to the, uh, uh, to the family of this person. So they could identify them through the family tree. And, um, in the first case, this was, uh, this was used to identify victims, um, both living and dead. As I said, it's kind of a long story, very complicated, and I don't want to get into some of the more tragic details here, but, um, uh, maybe uh, two years ago, um, they actually caught a serial killer <laughs> using this method. Um, they caught uh, the Golden State Killer by entering DNA, figuring out who this person was related to, and um, just sort of narrowing it down from there. And it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really interesting technique um, because uh, we can now solve all these cases that um, were previously considered unsolvable. Um and they're using it um, to great effect now. So I've been, as a, I've I've been really interested in learning about the history of <clears> how that technique has <throat> been used and been developed, as well as like the societal implications of using um, public DNA sites to uh, do stuff like that.
0: Definitely an ethical consideration. All of that, yeah.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> There's a lot of ethics there.
4: Yeah. Uh. Well, and then, especially related to the scene we're looking at with this, like, broken bottle, and, like, okay, what was done? What was there? Um, and thinking non-biology, um, there's a lot of chemistry that you can do to, to forensically to figure things out. So if you were able to collect residues or basically the what what's left of a compound that was present, like if it was a potion in that bottle, or was it some kind of Drug that was used to knock somebody out in this alleyway. Um, or kill someone. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. Or was it a poison, a potion? You know, was it was this just a bottle of mead, and we're like mm-hmm. totally off track on not even thinking about this bottle? Um, you'd be able to collect that residue and run it through various tests. You know, separate out maybe the different compounds that are there. You know, doing things like, you know. Uh, uh, elutions and things to, to separate fractions of what you've collected and then doing different steps to identify what you found like with different mass spectroscopy techniques to get weights, identities of what you found um, to to piece together like what, what was the chemical that was present and how does it play into the scenario that we're thinking of. Um, and so obviously it applies to our situation in the game but then is used in in similar ways in in real life um and i just want to add for my spell <laughs> uh, while we were talking oh, about yeah. that um since i take care of a lot of different plants um but they're not crops they're like conservatory specimen plants from around the world um Cure disease would be very relevant for me because each plant is getting different problems. So if something's (laughs) having a lot of issue, I don't care that I'm using it on one plant. (laughs) It would just be very nice to be able to get rid of the the problem it has. Um, But then also uh, plant growth Mm. is a spell. And so if, you know, in the fall we're producing literally thousands of mums in different growth patterns for our fall flower show. And so it might be nice, like, oh, if something is going wrong. Be like, well, let's just force them to grow anyway, so that things are ready. <laughs> and so just make them grow and flower and be like, and be ready no matter what happens. That's those would be very relevant uh, to the concerns I have day to day.
0: I love that. That's a good one.
2: <laughs> um, with forensic entomology, uh, you can actually identify chemical compounds as well in the maggots. So, like, you can either – some of them affect their development, like cocaine makes mm-hmm. them grow bigger and faster. Whoa. <laughs> um, but you can also process the insect and see the, um, like, the, the byproducts that after the metabolism has happened in the mm-hmm. insect. So you can identify, like, if someone was on drugs or something just based on identifying the maggot. And you can also even get victim DNA out of the gut contents of maggots. So if you don't have a body anymore but you find some, like – Oddly plump maggots on nothing, you can pick them up and, and see if the victim's DNA is in their stomach, and that would suggest that the body's been moved.
1: Now, yeah. do, any, yeah. do any toxins bioaccumulate in maggots?
2: They do, and a lot of them are then processed in the exoskeleton. You can even find them in the pupa afterwards. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm.
0: That's very
3: cool. Very cool. <laughs> so, I, I, I just want to kind of crowdsource this. Um, every time <laughs> I talk about forensic entomology with non biologists, I feel like the, the, the name that always comes up is uh, Hodgins from Bones. So yeah, Bones all of you uh, guys from Gil from CSI. Or Gil from CSI. Yeah, yeah. Gil, yeah. whatever his my name sis- is.
4: My sister calls me Gil. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's, uh, that's, that's always one yeah. of the interesting things. Where it's like, that's,
2: that's how we sold the class, actually. Yeah. Like, do you want to be, like like, Bones or whatever? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah, cool. so... Yeah, so if you want to have a show ruined for you, you should have an entomologist watch it with you. So yeah, hide. definitely. would so so be like, well,
2: that's not really that's, possible.
3: Those yeah, are actually cockroaches, not flesh-eating beetles. Or beetles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Bones, well,
4: Bones was, like, very enjoyable to watch, but literally if you watch it with any kind of scientist, the whole time through the show you're just like, oh, oh, no, no.
1: To be fair to Hollywood, you know, these people are... these people People are limited by what they can get. I mean, blue bottle, blue blot, blue bottle fly maggots are incredibly hard to find, and I mean, the most like. You can either spend a week searching for them online, or you can go to a Petco and pick up wax worms, and they look <laughs> about. Or close you can just leave people. your dirty
2: plates outside for like uh. ten minutes.
3: Yeah, yeah, for real. I had I had a blue bottle lay uh, eggs on some bacon that I had set out on my on my kitchen counter like a week ago.
2: <laughs> They're amazing. Like they can smell dead flesh within minutes from up to twelve miles away.
3: Yeah, it's like I came. Crazy. It was like it was sitting on my counter for like an hour. I came back and there was like this big yeah. mass of fly eggs, and I was like, Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> "Here, in case you guys want to try, you know,
0: extra but, protein on your yeah."
3: Bacon. <laughs> the difference between That's a pet okay. and a pest is just one letter.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> Although, um, so Eric in the chat said that pretty much any TV show or movie can be ruined by an expert in that particular subject matter, which is absolutely true. We oh, yeah. we all are yeah. lay people when it comes to other things, and so oh, yeah. you know we might enjoy a TV show or a, a you know a movie that in- includes something like that. Um, but I think it's also worth pointing out that um, it's expensive to get an expert in every single thing that you might cover mm. in a TV show or a movie, and to have them consult wow. on your script and also difficult, right? Like, how many crotchety old scientists who are experts in forensic entomology actually would want to come be a consultant for Bones or NCIS or yeah. whatever? Yeah. I, <laughs> and how much- I have <laughs> a story that's oh. to this. I want to just say real quick.
3: <laughs> I know for a fact that Mae Berenbaum consulted for Elementary, Ooh. the TV show, the American Sherlock TV show, and they did not take her consultation advice because it has some of the worst entomology that I've seen in a TV show. It's so bad. Yeah, and, and like the particularly because the main character is supposed to be like obsessed with honeybees, and there are so many things that are wrong about honeybees that he says in the show. But yeah, so yeah. she, I know, you know, Mayberry Bob. For those of you who don't know, it's a pretty pretty big name in, in entomology. She knows what she's talking about. Um, and the fact that she <laughs> she actually did consult for the show, and then they just kind of were like, ah, oh, that's cool, but we're good. Yeah.
5: Yeah,
3: yeah and it's well, like, 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 if it
4: doesn't work, you, like, like they're not going to bog down their script so much in getting every detail correct. Right. It's like, and, I mean, I pre- even when I watch things, I still prefer my, you know, suspension of disbelief and expertise and just, like, just watch it and enjoy it. People who, like, <laughs> harp about every single thing in a show or movie, like, are joyless misers. Oh, yeah, it was misers. like
2: the Ant-Man. <laughs> I saw people on Twitter being like, the tarsal claws aren't correct on the Ant-Man. <laughs> and I'm like, but you can tell it's a carpenter ant. Like, yeah, get over yeah. it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> either I, way, either, just, either just way. Just
1: enjoy it. Either way, they're still insects as heroes, which is no, no. But if we're talking if we're talking about like bad representations of science and scientists and TV shows, like I have always really hated the big bang theory. Oh, I knew
5: you were gonna talk about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like, so in in the big bang theory, like anytime somebody talks about it, they're like oh, the physics equations on the whiteboard are accurate. And it's like, who gives a shit? Um, <laughs> yeah. like, in, in the show, the the entire joke is the fact that they are actually talking about mm-hmm. science, mm-hmm. especially in this day and age where, like, we have so many problems with, you know, public trust in science mm-hmm. and, like, people believing in utter bullshit. And yet they think about talking about science to the general public as a joke. And that makes it, at least in my mind, the worst science tv show that's ever been created I, I i don't care i don't care if the i don't care if the equations on the whiteboard are accurate or if they have like actual scientists um like sort of walk by in the background or like come on to the show for five minutes like that is ge- that show is genuinely harmful to si- or was genuinely harmful to science yeah. and it being off the air is probably one of the best things that's happened to science communication in the past ten years.
0: I was really frustrated not just about like the science content but the the desperately clinging to like really harmful tropes about scientist personalities and like oh, yeah. you know Sheldon specifically making making it out to be like oh like you know being a scientist with like uh, you know who who was probably on the autism spectrum being this bad thing was just really frustrating and Oh yeah no yeah. so
1: speaking as an actual autistic person um Sheldon Cooper as a representative for autistic people is horrible. Again, it's it, it is it is basically non-autistic people um, acting autistic for the sake of entertainment for people who are not autistic. And you know, there's there's certain parallels there with other forms of entertainment. Um, you know, and I'm not gonna really get into that. But uh, yeah, Sheldon Cooper is another um, character who is. Very, very problematic in that show. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So. Yeah. And, like, liking science was a joke through the whole show, mm-hmm. and then in, his character was being autistic was, like, the joke. Like, the, yeah. like how, the things he did. And it's, like, what what are you – why? Yeah.
1: Well, and then there was, like, this, this one episode where his boss was, like, mad at him, and she asked – like, his boss was mad at him, and, like, he asked her if she was on his – if she was on her period, and they pass it off as like that's him being autistic, and I'm sitting here screaming like "fuck no," he should be fired for that. Like that is not what autistic people do. That's not the the sort of social difficulties that autistic people have. Like it's it's a grotesque parody of them. Mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah. So uh, a show that I um, so yeah, I think I think um. Uh, Bones and um, uh, uh, um, CSI actually handled science pretty well. Um, not that not that they're perfect, but you know, if you watch, um, say, the Marvel movies or Agents of Shield, <laughs> they just tend to um, accidentally up solutions in like five minutes, and that's that's not how these that's not how these things go you know mm-hmm. you can't you can't hammer out a time travel device in an hour <laughs> um
3: it took me months
0: <laughs> <That's-> <laughs> i'm just gonna unpopular opinion i really hated basically everything about endgame but the whole oh we're gonna come up with it that quickly because all of the directors and writers had such a hard-on for tony stark it's like oh he think he comes up with it while he's like laying upside down on the couch i was like no
1: <laughs> no, no i i i I actually really liked Endgame because it's it's a superhero movie where like the entire plot line is how different people deal with trauma and it's it's I thought it was I thought it was really well handled. especially Thor, because, you know, you don't need abs to be chosen.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that, the, the Thor stuff was awesome, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, the chat totally agrees with you guys that the Big Bang Theory is problematic, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sorry,
1: I just had to go on the Big no, Bang No, I, <laughs> like,
0: I, I love you know, it, I feel the same way. I can have my popcorn ready. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, any, rant.
1: Any time, anytime we start talking about, like, science and the media, Nancy, Nancy basically has my rant memory Eyes because, like, it, it, it so many
0: times next time next time joe can move his mouth and nancy can talk and
1: <laughs> i mean you joke about that but we could literally do that
0: <laughs> i love it um but it's time for the end of the out of character science chat and we'll get back into the game but um something ryan said earlier about um using forensics to um process uh, evidence was really interesting to me, um, so at this point, Fletcher, you've finished, um, using your, uh, your, what, what are you calling the spell? Uh, it's, oh, right
4: picture. Yes. it's vivography.
0: Vivography. Um, yeah. so you've fin- finished making your vivograph, um, is there anything else that you guys would like to do with the crimes, or with the supposed crime scene, um, with these bits of evidence that you've, um, made a vivograph of? Um, anything else you'd like to do here?
4: Um, well, now that I've recorded, you know, our, our exact setup of this scene, uh, <laughs> I think we should start collecting whatever we can find if we <laughs> think these are clues. Um, it's okay to move things now.
0: Bag and
2: tag. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, should we, like, I don't know, like, not touch it or something? Uh, We're going to collect it while still, like, maintaining its integrity. What are we going to collect it in? I don't got a bag. Are we
0: just going to throw it in Lucanus' backpack?
2: <laughs> Has like, everything winter... gone
0: in his backpack so far? <laughs> like, there was, like, seaweed in there. <laughs> I have a winter
1: blanket. <laughs> uh, uh, do we have a broom and a dustpan? You, do, you, do you guys have a friend for
2: entomologist is actually crying right now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, we could go to a bar, get a glass, and then just sort of scoop it in there. And like, What are we going to do
3: with it once we collect it?
1: Like, we don't yeah. have any... Uh, we could keep it in Fletcher's hotel room.
2: So he looks we like a murderer? We,
1: we, <laughs> Fletcher. No, I just... Lucanus, Lucanus turns to Fletcher. Fletcher, don't you want pet murder evidence? Mm.
3: See, I'm just thinking about this in like in like ten levels. You're gonna be like, why do I have a small cloth bag of broken glass? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
2: know, um, Fletcher. You're the scientist. You tell us what to do.
4: What I'm gonna say, I'm well, I'm I'm gonna take the cork. Perhaps we'll, perhaps it will match with another cork somewhere else. I mean, we know of at least two apothecaries in the town. Perhaps. They use different corks, and it matches with one. they could, I don't know, perhaps oh, with they... a glass, if there is some kind of tint or color or smell, they'll recognize the potion. Um, we just kind of
1: they, gather they it might all up. They recognize and... it. Yeah. That's a good idea. All
2: right.
3: That's super
1: smart.
2: Super smart. Agreed. Super
1: smart.
3: Agreed.
4: Uh,
2: I, I found it, though.
4: You did, yes. You did. I did. <laughs> um... With does mine. anybody does anybody have a scrap of, of cloth or anything? I have a winter blanket. <laughs> Good enough. Put it on the ground. I feel
0: like that phrase is about to become a drinking game.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> Lay it on the ground next to the broken glass.
2: Our merch so, is just winter blankets. Uh, yeah, and vegetable.
1: Lucanus, Lucanus Lucanus, like excitedly grabs the winter blanket out of his pack and spreads it on the ground and gingerly right next to it, being as delicate as possible.
4: And then... Uh, He's so happy to help. <laughs> so and then I have... I pull out the, the big quill that I keep for taking notes mm-hmm. and use that to just kind of push everything onto the blanket. Nice. And uh, just pick it up by, by all the corners to make a little satchel All
1: right.
0: cool you do that
1: yep now now we're gonna we're i'm gonna need this back before winter comes That's FYI. <laughs> i hope we don't
0: you, have winter i hope you have it solved before then because <laughs> 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 the, tri- the trial's in like a day right
4: <laughs> uh so who i uh, we probably we need to uh, Run this around to as many places as... Well, probably as many places as you can think of, Kay, that that somebody may recognize a cork or something about the glass uh, before we have to return to the Greens' Manor.
2: Well, I mean, the only thing that I can think of are the two apothecaries and maybe some of the bars in town.
4: That makes sense to me. But
2: maybe we should start with the apothecaries, because, like... I mean... If it was a potion, and he was poisoned, then that would be important, versus just, like, being drunk.
3: <laughs> the DM is nodding very emphatically, so... I'm just I'm listening
0: that. along, I'm clicking through documents. <laughs> mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm also um, nodding at the chat where someone said CSI Faerun. Oh, <laughs> or CSI Greyhawk. Um, fun, fun fact, though, I'm not using Faerun or Greyhawk. I've just sort of made this all up out of my own brain. So, <laughs> right. for better or worse. CSI Arda. Hmm. Arda. CSI Arda. Uh,
4: <laughs> well, the uh, well, what's uh? I guess run back to Elsa at Potions and Notions and, yeah, and start just there. start with her. <clears throat>
2: okay, sounds good to
3: me. I-, I imagine
4: that CSI Arda has that same like <laughs> like yellow
3: filter that they use in CSI Miami. Like, it's very like. <laughs> feels and we definitely like...
2: need someone I was to just gonna say
4: we all we all like put down sunglasses and they're just.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um. <laughs>
1: this this murder this murder case this murder case better get a cork in it pretty soon. <laughs>
0: As the four of you come walking out of the alley, everything slows down and you do like the slow-mo walk with your capes billowing behind you.
1: Yes, we're we're doing the hero walk. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um uh as you come out of the alley though, um can I have everybody make a perception check? Oh no. Oh no, what's Oh no.
4: Because the DM just said,
1: make a perception check. <laughs> at, least, at least he didn't tell us to roll initiative. I know,
0: right? You're that you're that paranoid already, though, huh? That is true. But I got a 21. Plus 6. Which I 20.
1: got wow. 10 plus whatever I have in...
2: 17.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Joe. <Jim. laughs> oh, uh, 13. I am still not very perceptive.
0: Uh, the uh, the group as a whole was very perceptive, though. So as mm-hmm. y'all are coming out of the alley, um, you see, I noticed, I mentioned there was a, a tea house, kind of, that you had to walk past to get in here. Um, and you notice a woman um, standing kind of on the stoop of the tea house. Um, and it's, uh, she's got long, lustrous, chocolate brown hair um, and sort of like golden brown eyes. Um, but what's most striking about her is that she's got a very fine-boned face and ears that come to points in the back. Kind of, kind of like Lucanus's. <laughs> Cedric, like,
2: get him out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she you look just looks like a chin,
0: chin, from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, as <laughs> we're yeah, walking, ever walking
4: by. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but Mm -hmm. no, it's just like we're kind. of, I don't know. Are we? (laughs) (laughs) Fletcher Fletcher notices, but and he's extremely interested. But we're also trying to like rush off to the apothecary. So I don't think I say anything because of reasons. That Cheryl kind of knows about what Fletcher's been thinking about, but I'm not gonna yeah. say. Okay. <laughs> very mysterious. <Speakers laughs> <are> very <fun. laughs>
1: Lucanus Lucanus looks over, notices the woman, and he's like, Oh, holy shit, another elf. So that happened and he just <laughs> rushes off to follow Fletcher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if this was written down on paper, I'd take the adventure hook and, like, crumple it up and throw it in the camera. <laughs> cool. See <ya. laughs>
1: Well, I mean, you know, you I, I sent you that thing about his history. Yeah, and, no, know, that's that's
0: totally fair, man. I, uh...
3: so, so to be clear, did you, like, make eye contact and give her one of those, like...
1: <laughs> no, Lucanus is... Uh, uh, he is very hesitant to interact with other elves. Is your hood up? Yep.
0: It's always up. Okay. Cool.
3: She just looks like another
0: <laughs> tall <clears throat> person to me.
2: Okay. Um... <laughs> Wait, no, I wanted to go talk to her. <laughs> well, yeah, what are you Why? doing?
4: Whose brother <laughs> is in jail? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but she's like right there. She might have seen something. Two minutes.
1: All right, fine.
0: Yeah. So, All right, I stop. so I run over to her. Like, "Hello. Hello." Friend. Um, so you see again the woman I described, um, she's wearing a beautiful high-necked gown and her very pointy ears have these um very very pretty dangling earrings um set with gemstones where the color sort of shifts um as she moves her head. Um and she looks looks at you and says, "Oh, Hello. How can I help you?
2: Hi. Um, I was just wondering, well, first of all, I really like your earrings. They're really pretty. Oh, um, thank and, you.
0: They're from the Fae.
2: Oh, that's really cool, actually. You'll have to tell me about that sometime. But I don't mean to be in a rush or anything, but I kind of am in a rush. But um, how late are you open? And did you see anything mysterious happen in that alleyway over there? With, um, like
0: a murder, maybe? Oh, the murder that was really <laughs> mysterious, wasn't it? Uh, no, I don't keep my shop open uh very late at night. um, there are other things going on here in the district at that time of night, and i- w- I was already closed by the time the theatre show was running so i I wasn't around unfortunately, it would have been quite scandalous, I'm sure uh, so yeah. no i don't I don't really know anything about what happened no, are you uh are you working for the town guard?
2: No, it's just that my brother's been convicted of the murder, but he definitely didn't do it, so you know,
0: trying to clear his name and stuff. So. Oh, well, that's uh hmm, that's quite a a quandary you've got yourself, I suppose uh well yeah. i I wish you luck with solving that problem.
2: Well, thanks if you hear of anything, um you know see see you around maybe of course if you hear of anything, my family <laughs> owns the general store. And- Oh, you're one of the Prowl kids. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. Yes, one of them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Of course. And my name's Kierla, in case you ever feel like stopping by again.
2: Yeah, I'm sure I'll definitely want some tea after all of this is over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, I have all kinds of lovely teas and little snacks to enjoy them with. So stop by anytime. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Boink, boink, boink. Boink? <laughs> boink. <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> All right, to the apothecary! <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, what apothecary are you going to? Probably Elsa, uh, since we know her.
4: Yeah, Elsa's first.
0: Going to potions and notions.
3: How yep. much more time do we have before we need to be at the greens
5: again? <clears throat>
0: um, it's getting towards evening time, so... Depends. I think
4: if we we can take, I mean, let's go for as long as the shops are open, mm-hmm. and we can assume that they the greens will be there tonight, so we can show up
0: mm-hmm.
4: later.
1: <coughs> yeah, so, he
0: said. He said like after dinner.
1: Yeah. So refresh my memory from you know we'll just say battle fatigue in the context <laughs> of my character. Uh, where? Why are we going to the greens again?
3: So he basically invited us back, and he. So uh, okay, so um, Hudson. So I guess we could do this in character. Uh, so um. So uh, yeah, I know you weren't uh, really paying attention earlier, but uh. So Hudson
5: <laughs> implied <Snap. laughs>
3: you were keeping an eye out earlier. That uh. Hudson implied that there was somebody who was potentially blackmailing him or coercing him <laughs> into pressuring his daughter to keep quiet about the murder and about her witness or about her alibiing out. Jay, uh, he seemed to imply that, that it was associated with his business interests, which is why Fletcher and I went to the bar earlier to do a lot of uh, snooping into that area.
2: Yeah, how'd uh, that work out? Did you guys anything any info on that?
3: We got some leads, <laughs> which I will tell you about later. But for now, the important thing is that Horace, or Hudson, sorry, (laughs) uh, Hudson uh, said that he was going to follow up with whoever it was who was pressuring him, maybe get some more information into that, maybe see if he could work a way into helping us clear Jay's name, and then we were going to check back with him after he'd kind of like done that kind of.
2: Yeah, okay. sometime, well, this all has to happen sometime before, like, you know, tomorrow, when my brother will be unceremoniously murdered.
0: Well, okay. the, sh- the trial is tomorrow. He's not getting hanged tomorrow, but yeah.
2: Awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That makes it so much better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, cool, cool. I just needed a bit of a refresher, sorry.
3: Well. Cool,
2: cool, Kay. this is cool to you!
1: Kay, to be
3: to be fair, Kay, if he gets convicted, then obviously we would have justification for doing a jailbreak, but until then, we have to try and move this through the legal system. But I think we would be justified in breaking him out of jail if he were to be wrongly accused.
1: So Lucanus, Lucanus pulls a hammer out of his backpack. Just in case we need to do a jailbreak, I have this. And then he puts it back in. I okay. mean, I would prefer
2: to have his name just cleared so you can continue like living in the town. I mean, he has enough problems here point. anyway, but... but I think we can put
3: as much of our faith in the rule of law as possible, but...
2: You hate this town! You have no <laughs> faith in our rule of law!
3: I have faith in the rule of law, but as <laughs> I have been provided ample evidence, this town does not have much in the way of rules <laughs> or laws, so if you're... Sad excuse for a justice system fails us, then we will step in and met out our own justice.
1: Lucanus Lucanus gets real up close and personal. Remember, that lack of rule and law is why I have a job. (laughs)
0: But you're doing the, like, like, stare down on him thing?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm- I'm looking down on him, obviously trying to get him to shut up because he's kind of being an asshole, but at the same time, I might be saying the wrong thing, too.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait. You have a job? How did you get a job? We've been here for, like, three days.
1: I'm a mercenary, I've been paid, so I guess I'm walking around fighting people and getting money from it. That counts as a job, right?
3: That's true, I did pay you. I guess that counts as a job.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan. Jay just turns around and, like, walks away
0: silently. Who's carrying the, uh, the winter blanket bag? (laughs) I'm still holding it. Okay. Okay. So I'm yeah.
4: following K. Okay. <laughs> oh
0: my god!
4: <laughs> and we head towards Potions and Notions. You
0: head towards Potions and Notions. Are we? Are we having yeah. any more walking and talking? Or you guys just in, want to be in the okay. well?
4: That that conversation
1: was like we were having that on the way. There's now a frosty
0: yeah. silence among the group. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, um, yeah. So you make it back to the adorable exterior and interior of Potions and Notions, and there you see Elsa um, behind the counter, <clears throat> and she looks up when the ding, 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 ding on oh, the, the <laughs> bell of the door, and oh, hi! You're back. Hi.
2: Ahoy. How are um, you all today? Kind of struggling, to be honest.
0: Oh no. Um, but maybe you could help. Oh, I'd love to if I can. Um, I,
4: I put the I put it on the counter and open it up to for the for the, show the glass and the cork. Mm.
2: D- Candace this...
1: is just standing up there, like straightening up, like he's proud.
2: <laughs> like, does it? Do you like recognize this at all? Like, do you, do you know like this glass or this cork
0: or like? Uh, well, I mean, it it looks. Uh, I don't. I don't want to disappoint, but it. Uh, it looks like looks like glass some glass and uh without without being able to see the shape that it was in i I don't know how much i could tell you um and the cork is just sort of a, a cork she she waves her hand to gesture at like all of the bottles of potions and things in her shop which they've all got pretty standard looking corks in them right um but let me take a closer look and and uh see what i can See what I can see. Is there any anyone in your group, any of you who are um, especially uh, familiar with uh, arcane type things? You might want to give me a hand looking at all this. I don't, I don't know if you already inspected it, but
1: this
4: this one, that. the Candace <laughs> at the pointer. Yeah,
0: I'm pointing the uh, pointer as well.
4: I can certainly help yeah. however I can.
0: Okay. Um. So I will have you. Um, roll me, uh, so you're, you're investigating the glass and the, uh, cork, and she's going to Mm -hmm. do the same, um, and basically you're going to roll a knowledge arcana for me. see if you can figure out if, if there's anything, um, if there's anything on here, what it might be. Um, so it'll sort of be both, like, it's, it's, I'm, I'm using it as a proxy for, like, searching and knowing.
4: Fourteen.
0: Fourteen. Okay, um, so as you and she are sort of looking at all of the pieces, you know, of glass, flipping them back and forth, it's it's glass, so there isn't a whole lot of anything left on there. Um, but the cork, um, you notice kind of like a little bit of of discoloration on one side of the cork, and point it out to her, and Elsa sort of. Looks more carefully at the cork and she sort of sniffs it and touches it and sort of rubs the residue between her fingers and goes to oh. the geologist. <laughs> yeah, right. And she's not gonna lick is it. No. <laughs> no, no licking. <laughs> no licking. <laughs> and that would be bad because she yeah. goes, Oh, um that's odd. Uh, I think I think if if all of these pieces go together, well, at least this cork, I think it might have held alchemists' fire. What is that? Um, so, Fletcher, you would definitely know this, and the rest of you might be, like, at least passingly familiar, so Alchemist Fire is uh, a concoction that's fairly commonly used in this world in terms of, like, combat stuff, so basically it's a mixture of chemicals in that's in a sealed glass jar that when the, or, or bottle, and when the bottle is thrown at something, and the glass breaks and the chemical mixture is exposed to the air, um, it bursts into flame.
1: Oh, it's a Molotov cocktail. Uh,
5: sort <laughs> of.
0: Um, but there are definitely um, equivalencies to that in real life. There are lots of fun chemicals that if are if they're exposed to oxygen or anything else like that, just sort of spontaneously combust, which is super fun. So uh, yeah, alchemist <laughs> super fire. Super fun. Super yeah. fun.
4: <laughs> is there Anybody who, who is there anyone Matthews, in the town that produces Pester, that and provides alchemist's fire for sale
0: um I think uh I think Pops probably does and I mean this is something that you could buy in a lot of places like you know this isn't this isn't something that's uh, uh you know an expert uh, required in order to produce it uh, I've seen alchemist's fire sold in lots of places before
5: hmm
4: is there? Hmm. Is it common around hmm. here?
1: I
0: mean, people, uh, people like yourselves who do a lot of um, adventuring type things <laughs> uh, like to carry it because it's it's good for um, dealing with creatures that might be especially um, sensitive to fire, uh, or for you know other. Are there times when you might want to light things on fire? I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just make this stuff. Um, <laughs> I
3: mean, it does sound awesome, to be fair. I feel like every 16-year-old boy would come over to his name and want to buy something and just throw it at rocks. <laughs>
4: yeah, right. <clears throat> uh, well, Kay, do you know where where this Pops <clears throat> shop is?
2: Do I know where this pop shop is?
0: Um, Do you know where Bubble and Fizz is? Um, That name sounds familiar, actually. (laughs) Probably. It's
2: in that giant document you sent me. Yeah. (laughs) It is number 38. Number 38. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Hark.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Hark. (laughs)
4: <laughs> well i think we should head straight okay. over that way all right thank you thank you so much for your help great. again elsa absolutely
0: Thanks, elsa. oh and i uh i, I don't know if you, you you had said something about going out and exploring in the the out there um and you did such a great job finding that gilda weed um not that long ago uh i didn't know if you were going out again but i can always use uh ingredients for the things i make so if you happen to come across any spiders and you were able to bring back spider parts i would gladly pay you for them all right
1: just give us a list and we'd be happy to grab them um you wouldn't happen to have like an envelope that we can put this stuff in do you
0: an envelope um let me see and she sort of rummages around down in the behind the counter area and she's like well i've got a piece of paper that you could fold up into oh. something i guess so she hands you a piece of parchmenty papery whatever-ness
2: yeah 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 <clears throat>
3: And in, in school, Cedric used to do those things where you, like, fold, like, the notes that you pass, like, <laughs> into, like, interesting shapes. Uh, yeah, so he can, he can fold a, fold an envelope, origami envelope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and, so, and so like Lucanus, I said...
1: Lucanus, puts the winter.
0: Oh. <laughs> put the blanket back? Lucanus
1: puts the winter blanket back in his bag. <laughs>
0: So yes, I'm perfectly happy to help as always. And yes, if you find any um, spider parts or really um, sort of anything interesting that you might find outside in terms of you know animal or plant parts, I can probably use them for something. Sounds good. Thanks, Elsa.
1: Thank you so All right. much. Well, thank I'll, you. We'll, we'll keep a lookout.
0: And good luck with the, whatever it is you're doing. <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: So out of character, uh-huh. she just like is like just bits of spiders, just whatever species, like just <laughs> <laughs> throw, throw them in a box for me, you know, whatever.
0: Um, I wrote down live live spiders or parts of spiders. Oh, <laughs> she's not picky. <laughs> yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, think about like old timey. I wonder
1: what would happen. I want. Huh. I wonder what would happen if we just like brought Peter Parker back to her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <a> <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, like, old, if you think about like old-timey potion making, like, you know, bits of whatever will be thrown in, right? Eye of Newton, yeah. tongue of blah blah blah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, we should have a conversation about Pliny the Elder at some point. Oh my
0: gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was my favorite thing to translate in Latin class. Oh yeah. <laughs>
3: Okay, where are we going now? Uh, <laughs> Bubble and Fizz. Oh, Bubble. yes.
1: You got it. Or the place <laughs> next to Bubble and Fizz. Hmm? Oh, I thought it was next to Bubble. Is it Bubble and Fizz? No, it's Bubble and Fizz, yeah. Oh, okay. She just What's called that? it
4: Pops.
0: Uh, uh, Pops owns it. Yes. You are correct. Let's go see Pops. Go see Pops. Um, so Kay leads you over to number 38 on the map, um, which <laughs> coincidentally is next to the, um, the Armorer Weaponsmith, um, where Cedric and Fletcher sold some things the other day.
3: Oh, the- not the one that we just made friends with, but so the one. that- <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, the other one. If you, yeah. if you look no carefully- wrong one. If you look carefully, you'll see that, um, so, uh, there's this Apothecary that you're moving toward, and then if you, like, if you were looking, like, if you're facing it, and you're looking, so left would be, like, towards the bay and the docks. So, there's the apothecary, and then left of that is the the shop that you went into to sell your weapons, and then to the left of that is a blacksmith, and then there's the docks.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Guys, don't make enemies to weapons places, I need to sell whatever <laughs> we grab. <laughs>
3: We actually made a really good contact earlier with a really reputable uh, young dwarf. Uh, dwarf dwarf. Been, Well, he's not—he's we take... not
0: young. He's older than you, but yeah, <laughs> just kid. <laughs>
3: we should—we uh, should definitely take all of our business to to him. Uh, Are you
0: saying that just because it was a dwarf?
3: No, the other one is a dwarf too. I mean, I'm not gonna recommend that Lucanus take any. Blacksmithing business to a human. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Lucanus,
1: whispers, Lucanus whispers to Kay, I think he's a little bit dwarfist. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's a little
0: bit dwarfist. It's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you're going toward Bubble and Fizz. Um,. So, uh, this storefront is largely unassuming and unremarkable. Um, That's how I want my business to be known as. (laughs) Uh, Save for the large wooden sign hanging above the door. It depicts a few potion bottles of various sizes, shapes, and colors. Um, But if you only look at it in your periphery, you could almost swear there were bubbles drifting slowly from the lips of all of the wooden carved bottles on this sign.
1: Oh, Ardenian neon.
0: Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, only if you're- if you're doing that weird where you're not- you're looking at it, but you're not looking at it. It seems like there might be bubbles coming out of something that isn't a hollow vessel.
5: <clears throat>
3: Neat.
0: Neat. Are you planning on going inside? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> yep. Let's do it! Kay, who has has already crashed into one door today, decides Mm -hmm. to like gently push it open. Okay. Uh, The first (laughs) thing you notice as you step into this shop is the smell, or rather, smells. Your senses are bombarded by a variety of scents all mixed up and wafting through the air. This is especially noticeable because the interior is low-lit as there are no windows and only a magical light seems to be hovering about the space. Uh, Metal racks stand in mostly neat rows. They're circular rings, each cradling a potion bottle, almost like wine racks. Uh, The bottles contain an astonishing variety of colored liquids. A broad counter hugs three of the four interior walls. So it's basically, you know, a counter in like a U shape with the only wall that doesn't have counter on it being the one with the door that you just came in. Um, And that whole floor area is just filled with um, metal racks with potion bottles in them.
1: Kind of like a Chipotle or a Jimmy John's. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so this is full of uh, alchem- alchemical, you know, samples, Warfare, so it's less yeah. likely to give you food poisoning.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah, more just, like it's, it's, it's more family. like a more like a liquor store in New York City, where it just counters and <laughs> bulletproof windows all the way around yeah. when you walk <laughs> in.
1: Uh, <laughs> yep, yep, that that too. <laughs>
4: Is there... Do, do we see somebody working when we walk in?
0: Um, not immediately.
4: All right. Uh, I'm guessing Nancy has the problem. envelope of stuff. Yes. Or K rather.
0: <laughs> yes. Nancy has nothing. Nancy <laughs> <I> has <have> nothing. <laughs> I could have an envelope of stuff. Knock. Knock? Eh? What? Hmm? Um, Hi. And you see... Um, sort of floats up to- to sort of crest over the- the- the counter and come down to stand on the floor in front of you. This, um, man? He's about four feet tall and has a humanoid-ish body shape, although it's sort of shifting and flowing even as he stands relatively still, um... He seems to be made out of water cool and he he looks at you for a moment and goes, Hmm. hey pops and then uh you hear some grumbling and um over the bar or over the the countertop um a little in a, a different part of the room um up pops the head of a gnome um. He has, uh, dark brown skin and wavy blonde hair combed back. Um, he's got a sharply pointed and impeccably groomed goatee and, a uh, sort of odd green-blue eyes. And, um, he's wearing, I mean, <laughs> you can mostly only see his head right now, um, because he's <laughs> down behind the counter, um... Uh, as he's climbing up, he seems to be wearing sort of a royal blue as um, shirt robe, something. You'll see if you see the rest of his body. Um, it doesn't seem to be especially like fancy, but it is. Um, Im- if you are able to see that far, um, it's got a very fine embroidered pattern um, with thread the same color as the cloth. Um, so it's this sort of like subtle patterning. Um, and the gnome says, "Ah, oh, hi." How can I help oh. you?
2: Hi, friend. Um well well it's complicated. Um mm. but we have this envelope of broken glass mm-hmm. that happened to have Alchemist Fire in it. Um mm-hmm. we were wondering if maybe
0: you sold it. I mean, uh that's that's a pretty good possibility, I guess. I sell a lot of alchemist fire in this city, um, I'm assuming you found the glass here in the city.
2: Yeah, you remember that guy got
0: murdered. Oh, yeah, there we found it there. You found it there. What were you doing yeah. there? It's complicated. The 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 man made out of water is moving closer <laughs> to you and just sort of like peering at you, uh,
3: like uh, like C- he's getting C- like
0: uncomfortably close.
3: Cedric it, like reaches out to poke
0: it. <laughs> <laughs> And the the gnome, as he's sort of elbowing his way up to stand on this countertop, he says, like, "Ah, Fluvus, be nice." <laughs> was, um, they're trying to poke me. I hate it when they poke me. Wait. I did
2: not try and poke you. Only he tried to poke you, and he is definitely the most rude out of all of us. So don't worry. <laughs> like, like... Uh, anyway, I uh, so we were there because, well, like my brother is on trial for murdering someone he didn't murder. <clears throat> And so we're trying to find evidence to clear his name. Mm. Mhm. And this is what we found.
0: Um so the gnome like hops down off the other side of the counter so now he's on like the main floor with you as well and he comes over and let me see what you've got. I like hand him the envelope. So he takes just even a moment. It doesn't take him as long as it as um, Fletcher and Elsa were working on it. And Oh, yeah, that's definitely alchemist fire. Um, but as far as, like, who made it, or where it came from, no idea. I'm guessing all the bottles look the same, and all the corks are the same, too. Pretty much. I mean, this is, you know, you buy, you buy bottles from a glass blower, and you buy corks from, yeah.
2: You know, just, just as someone who works in a general store, y'all might want to work on your
0: marketing. Just saying. Mm. He kind of, like, he tilts his head, like, very far to one side, (laughs) and is like... I'll keep that in mind.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Branded corks, you know, it's, a, you know, Yeah, or like bottles. pretty
2: bottles, maybe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you had a really pretty bottle, I mean, like, in
0: this case, it would explode. But
2: in other things, like, people might line their shops and stuff with pretty bottles. Mm.
0: That's um, true. Uh, so, everybody's got their own priorities. I suppose they do. So,
1: Pops, did you know uh, Timothy Prendergrass? Do you know the
0: victim at all? Like Timothy who?
1: uh the guy who was murderfied
0: nope can't say that i do mm. uh fluvis is now trying to poke you back cedric he's like doing oh, okay. the like his finger is like almost at your face but he's not actually touching you
3: i cedric leans forward
0: like slowly <laughs>
3: to see what it feels like
0: <laughs> so yeah he's, he's just doing the thing where like it's hovering and he's not actually touching you he's just okay. you know moves it Oh okay,
3: I can feel it on my forehead. It's super irritating. Is
5: <laughs> <laughs> does, does that does, like, does, uh,
2: like if you were to like throw alchemist fire at someone like what would it like would it just burn them?
0: Oh yeah. Horribly. Like that's that's nasty stuff if would you it got it kill on them, huh? Would it would it kill them? I suppose it depends on who they are. But it definitely wouldn't feel good. <laughs> I don't know. Just like
2: I don't know. Was it used in self defense? Was it used to like murder the person? Like I um... don't.
0: That's a great question. I have no idea. Great. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess we don't know
2: either. <laughs> but thanks so much for your help, Fletcher. Do you have any other ideas? And so, you know, you dabble in this magic-y stuff.
4: Uh, it, are there any other? Are there any other? Tests or spells or anything you could recommend that we could do to mend the bottle back together, to see the shape of it, to I don't know. To is there is there some kind of homing spell that it could lead us back to where it originated?
0: I mean, she said you're a dabbler in magic, which, first of all, good work. Um, but I mean, you might know as well as I do. I don't. I don't. I don't know of any spells like that. Um, but magic as a pursuit. Definitely worth your while. I now feel like I took up the
2: wrong the wrong profession with the crossbow. <laughs> I
3: actually, now that you mention it, I actually do have uh, the ability to mend small objects.
0: As you say that, Flupus's finger does just like boop you on the cheek, <laughs> and it's very wet.
5: <laughs> it's very wet. And, and okay. Just,
0: just now?
2: <laughs> just now you remembered? But you know well, that's fine. better now than you know never i suppose so
5: sorry
3: i I didn't i didn't it didn't occur to me that that's what we were trying to do i thought maybe we were like trying to look at the you know chemical composition of the gas the glass to see if it had any like you know what the aluminum to silica ratio was or (laughs) see if it had any cobalt in it or something like that i just i i'm not i'm 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 just (laughs) she is not not (laughs)
1: amused i'm just being on these these Criminal activities. Okay. So, well,
2: can you stop wasting
0: time by talking and actually just put it back together, then?
1: Cedric, just heal the damn bottle.
0: <laughs> how, how, big a, how big an object does that spell work on? I, I don't know.
3: I've never cast mending in this version before. Um, mending repairs small breaks or tears in objects. Um, it will weld broken metallic objects such as a ring, a chain link, a medallion, or a slender dagger, providing but one break exists. Uh ceramic or wooden objects with multiple breaks can be invisibly rejoined to be as strong as new a hole in a leather sack or a wine skin is completely healed over by mending the spell can repair a magic item the item's magical properties are not restored spell cannot re- mend broke magic blah blah blah, blah. Yeah.
0: okay yeah so magic. um the thing about the ceramic yeah um it would allow you to uh, reform this bottle provided you have all the pieces
3: okay um i'm gonna like, reach my hands out for the, like, hold my hands out. Like, I, I assume all the pieces are in K. K has all the pieces. Mm, yeah. Like, hold my hands out. Like, gimme. <laughs> Alright, you drop a blender broken glass into my hand, and I yep. hold, I like... You're <laughs> a good friend. I like, I like, I like cup, cup my hands around the spell, and I like, I, I, I hold it against my face, and I kind of, um... Gray, uh, you hear this
0: like in the background <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, for a second uh and then i uh i like open my hands back up
0: mm-hmm. and there is most of a bottle um it looks like there's kind of a chunk missing in the neck that maybe you didn't have all the pieces but it's mostly the shape of a glass bottle
3: right, i hold it out to k <laughs> i'll
0: take it Ta-da. <clears throat>
2: I'm assuming this just looks like a normal glass bottle. Like, lots of glass
0: bottles. Um, Pops peers at it. Mm-hmm. That was well? a neat trick, though.
1: <laughs> nice work. <laughs> cool story, bro. Nice
0: work.
3: Uh, thanks, thanks. The, the... more is the God of the Forge. It would be silly of me not to be able to reforge an object. Mm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It would, it would be obscene uh yeah but you did a nice job thanks
2: wow cedric might actually have made a friend <laughs> 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 all right team i don't well, know
4: thank yeah thank you for uh, all your assistance
2: <laughs> is
0: is yeah. that it yeah that that was it oh you, you didn't want to buy anything <laughs>
4: Yeah. Not today,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. but we we're are now... we're in a
1: bit of a hurry. But we'll be we'll be in the market for some health potions sooner mm. or later. Uh, mm-hmm. How much are
0: they? Oh boy! Uh, uh, what uh, what what level? Um, what level were you looking for? Uh, one to two. One to two, he says. You m- you mean like a you mean like a light wounds or a, or a moderate wounds? Is that what you meant? Oh
1: yeah, sorry. Yeah, uh huh.
0: Uh, cure light wounds is a uh, fifty gold per, and a cure moderate wounds is three hundred gold per. All right. Mhm. And right. I got lots of other cool stuff too. All
2: right. <laughs> what what do you recommend? What's your coolest thing that you
0: have? Uh, it really depends what you're in the mood for. And F- Fluva sort of, like, he like he doesn't really, like, walk. He kind of, like, float walks over to you and, like, gives you a wet elbow and says, Oh, well, I mean, uh, a young lady like yourself here with all these gentlemen, you might want an, an elixir of love. Or maybe you don't. Maybe you already got that covered.
2: <laughs> um. Yeah, I was looking more to, like, you know, murderize my enemies in battle. But, you know, oh, love, love murder, of course, something that hmm. I would definitely want as well.
0: Uh, well, uh, you know, uh, if you're into murderizing, we've got, uh, magic stone oil, uh, we've got, uh, uh, potion of blur, we've got an elixir of stealth, all, all kinds of fun it. stuff. All right, that's cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, keep you in mind. We're, we're adventurers after all of this, like, you know, murder mystery stuff, so
0: we'll yeah. probably be back. I, I can we'll tell from the, the blood on this guy's shirt. <laughs> yeah,
2: we keep telling you- you don't have anything that can, like, get that out, do you?
0: I mean, and the, the water guy just kind of, like, holds up his arms, like, have you tried washing it? He, I yes,
3: I did try washing it.
0: Ah. Then I don't know. <laughs> I don't really, uh, I don't really wear clothes.
2: <laughs> Maybe you should just get a new shirt, Cedric. <laughs> we can't take you anywhere. Yeah,
3: I mean, what are the chances that someone would bleed on me twice? That's a good point.
2: No, you would just have one battle, like, blood-soaked shirt for battle and one shirt that you'd wear around the town so you look acceptable.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to look respectable. That's fair. You probably also don't want to, like... Be asking people questions about sensitive things with, you know, a giant blood stain on your shirt. The tall guy be, does have a point. This, mm. this could be like a sauce or something.
0: It's definitely not a, it's unless definitely not a like... sauce unless you like. Is it really
3: that obvious?
0: It's really that obvious. No. <laughs> and I don't even. The blood is not a thing I deal with very often. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, Pops. Of course. Yeah. Come back anytime. Yep. Will
1: do. Lucanus, like, raises his hand for a fist bump. From whom? From Pops.
0: He's three feet tall.
1: Oh. <laughs> he, he awkwardly, he realized that and awkwardly withdraws his fist. I
0: thought <laughs>
2: he, he was four feet tall.
0: He's what? i I thought you said he was four feet t- the tall. Water guy, Fluvis, uh, the water guy, Flufus, is four feet tall. Um, <laughs> Maybe that's what I remember. Pops is three feet tall.
1: Yeah. Lucanus, in this case, would essentially be, like, punching down and still not reaching. <laughs>
3: ah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the name of the shop again?
0: Uh, this is Bubble, Bubble and, and Fizz.
3: Bubble and Fizz. Okay. Pops, Bubble and Fizz sounds like an off-brand... <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you didn't ask for his full
0: name. That's just no. that's just one part of his name. <laughs>
4: uh crackle well, Yeah. Do we come I back mean,
0: again day or night?
4: So now what do we just head to the Greens house now? What I feel like no one is I feel like we're not getting any information about this bottle.
1: Yeah, let's head to the Green's house. Um, You know, if this Green fellow doesn't work out or ends up dead or something, uh, we can always just try to figure out who this Prendergast guy is.
3: Yeah, is it? uh, I I wasn't actually here when we um, heard the name Prendergast. Is that um, Kay? Is that a, a gentleman that your brother is familiar with?
2: I've never heard of him before.
3: So as far as you know your brother would have no reason to murder him.
1: Uh, no. I don't think your brother would have a reason to murder anyone. It seems like a Thank, you. Guy. Thank
3: you.
2: Thank you Lucas.
3: I mean I don't really know him that well. <laughs>
2: And we don't really know you that well either. <laughs> who knows, maybe you murdered him.
3: That's a that's a fair point. Yeah, yeah I feel
2: like... o- oddly suspicious that he shows up dead right around the same time that you lot all come in.
1: You know, I'm I'm actually really surprised that um, you know, there's a guy who turns up dead and nobody even thinks about the guy with the giant fucking blood stain on his shirt. <laughs>
2: that <laughs> is true.
3: No, but to be fair, he was burned to death,
2: and do that... we know? That's the thing. The only thing we heard is that his body was grisly. So maybe he was murdered, and then the stuff was thrown to cover up what actually happened to him. Or Wait. maybe, or thought... maybe.
5: That's right. Go
2: ahead. Or maybe <laughs> like he they actually <laughs> threw the stuff, and that's what killed him. But like it doesn't sound like that stuff would actually kill you. It just sounds like it would disfigure you enough to, like, you know, be painful if you're alive or, you know, cover up damage. Or maybe it was thrown in self-defense at the other guy, so maybe we should look around for a burn victim.
4: Do we know how Pendergrass died?
2: No, all I've heard in town is that it was, quote, grizzly.
3: Wait, I thought we had heard that he had been burned, and that was why your brother was suspected, because your brother is. the ability to breathe fire? Right. I'm saying this out of character, because I don't actually... (laughs) Cedric doesn't know that, but I thought that was part of the implication, that he's a dragonborn or part dragonborn and might be able to... So
2: then it might be...
1: So then it might be a case of dragon racism, then. Dragonism? (laughs)
3: It's just racism. It's just racism. <laughs> It doesn't get a special name if it's against
1: a certain group. It's, I I mean, this is d just... I don't know how the rules work in this universe. Like, oddly... It could be
3: speciesism, because they are different
5: species.
2: Yeah, different yeah. racism, it's, it's oddly similar to the
0: real world. We're yeah. not different
2: species, not according to the biological species concept, oh. because we produce fertile offspring. Yeah.
1: Uh, yes. I mean, the... can your brother have kids? <laughs> that's no. a valid point
2: but he came from somewhere so see and Cedric's
3: has... the rude one come on man <laughs>
2: like, now, now, now you
1: guys have me thinking about like prezygotic and postzygotic speciation dragonborn
3: maybe. are dragonborn are fertile according to the, the lore yeah and, and uh, Ryan and I looked this up once um, have, uh, so dragonborn reproduce, b- b- uh, via b- eggs, but female dragonborn actually have breasts, but they're a secondary sexual characteristic, <laughs> uh, to mimic mammalian breasts.
0: This feels like they're the not... mermaid conversation. Yeah, like, <laughs> I know. i already have this? Oh, maybe yeah. we can we we talked about it with mermaids, not with uh, yeah. not with dragons yeah. or half Um But do they have cloaca? Yeah. They have tails. Um, but to throw that whole species concept yeah. for a loop, that means that technically elves and dwarves and gnomes and halflings and orcs and humans are all the same species because you can have like a half elf or a half orc or whatever. So and then can they they but, produce fertile offspring yeah. after that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So we're all the we're all the same. You we're all the that. same.
1: So it is racism.
0: Species is a social
2: construct.
3: To be fair, though, you can have like a clinal variation where like either end of, you know, a genetic range can't interbreed. But, uh, you know, it, you know, so it could be that humans are just kind of the central Almost. genetic
0: Almost People like there's there. almost like there was geographic separation on this mm. planet, and like dwarves were on a separate continent from humans and a separate mm. continent from elves. What? What? <laughs> now I'm just
1: thinking. About <laughs> or living underground some kind of geographic barrier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, now i now I'm just thinking about the fact that the dragons in this world have ma- have mammary glands, and my mind's going. No, back no, no, to them
3: no, no, them. no not <laughs> mammary glands
2: boobs
3: breasts as a secondary <laughs> sexual characteristic they mimic human human form but not actually they can't actually lactate
1: mm. oh mm. oh they're just booby mimics they don't produce
3: milk okay mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. so do
0: they have hair
3: Did... uh i don't think dragonborn have dragonborn
4: hair. don't have hair
0: okay
4: and do they are
2: like made out of keratin and not they made out of the same thing as hair so what yeah. point do you Classify
0: the two. I guess that's true. They are all dermal derivatives. Unless they're like... No, no.
1: Sharks. Now, do dragon boobs... Do dragon boobs make fire? Or, like... <laughs> <laughs> they
3: just store fat.
5: Okay. <laughs> yeah,
3: they're, like, they're like a... You know, a Hila monster's tail or whatever. They're, they're or or, or a system.
1: camel's tongue. Can I, like, yeah, can point
2: pump. out that that comment was made by a, by a man? Yes, right? it, it was. <laughs> right? That doesn't
0: mean I didn't enjoy it, though.
2: I just... Well, I mean,
1: it's a glandular tissue, and if they have...
0: They don't have glands in there! He
2: just read that twice! I just... (laughs) You just want fire tits!
5: (laughs) No,
3: I want fire tits!
0: That's, that's going <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> with a dragon, <laughs> with a dragon fire. <laughs> Except isn't that uh, the, Okay was it the dragon from, uh, Homestar Runner? <laughs> What's it called? Um. Oh, I can't
3: remember. So, so for our younger listeners, Homestar Runner was a website that existed. The
0: There's nobody early... watching right now who's young, young yeah. enough to yes. not know Homestar Runner.
3: Oh my god.
0: The truck um, door. Thank you, Chat. Yes.
3: <laughs> Burn and 18. <they> <laughs> <country. laughs>
1: okay, let's, let's, Moving let's on. move on to the green... Let's move on to the Green's house before I dig myself into a deeper <laughs> hole with your dragon thing. Um,
0: well, I was going to ask you, um, so we have been playing for about three hours, um, so would you like to keep going with this storyline, or would you like to save it for next time?
3: Can we end it on a cliffhanger? What happens when we arrive at the Green's house?
0: Oh, sure, yeah, let's, uh, yeah.
1: let's and arrive at the Green's house and...
0: Sure. We can do that. Um, yeah, so you guys, are you going straight there from uh, Bubble and Fizz? <clears throat> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, 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 we're okay. going straight there.
0: Yeah, um, so it's it's definitely <laughs> evening time-ish now. Um, so you head um, up to the Greens' house, and uh, is anybody knocking on the door or anything? Yeah.
4: I'll yeah. Knock we're, on all, the door. we're all knocking on the door. <laughs> all at the same time. We,
1: we all, we all, you know how people do like that hand thing?
2: Yeah, we, for we Joe? all do Joe that is, in
1: not in unison.
2: Joe is using his fire tits to burn
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> Joe is not not Lucanus. Joe. <laughs> Hi everybody, I'm Joe. <laughs> four characters turn and look at this random human like, who are you?
1: <laughs> and then, and then, that's out of my pectoral muscles. Flames erupt. Oh jeez. And then and then Lucan and then. And then, and then I look over at Lucanus, make eye contact, and say, "Hey, I play you in the real world." Just <laughs> <That's appear.
5: weird>. <laughs> <laughs> Lucanus is I just know.
1: Like, <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> So Cheryl,
3: I know, I know you said you've got this campaign planned out to level twenty. Yeah. Is the level twenty big bad evil guy Joe with fire tits? Uh,
1: now it's going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm rewriting everything right now. I want to kill Joe. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm rewriting it. All. Oh God! There, um, <laughs> there
1: is going there is going to be a boss with fire tits at some point. No, I know that. Probably.
0: Um, <laughs> all right. So your extremely loud four four or eight hand knocking on the door does eventually summon um, the same butler that y- <laughs> you met the first time you knocked on this door earlier today, and he says, "Oh hi, you're back."
2: Hi! we're back. And he we're like back.
0: he like reshuts the door <laughs> and just leaves you like standing on the stoop. Oh. And then like a minute later the door reopens and it's Janet again. Oh, hi. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Come we on in. We're
2: glad that you came out and didn't leave us awkwardly sitting on your stoop.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's uh, never mind. Um, come on in. <laughs> hey, friend. <clears throat> Um, so, Hi <laughs> Jay. And uh, um, so she she leads you back down the hallway, um, back to her father's office where you met him earlier in the day, and she says, um, "Papa's inside. Um, thank you so much for trying to help Jay. I really appreciate it." And um, he I he's he's my brother, so I want to do everything I can. Yeah, I understand and. I'm sorry that this had to be so complicated, um, but I'm looking forward to being able to um, tell my side of the story to make sure that he's safe. <clears throat> Thank you. And she just sort of gestures at the door, says, you guys can go on in.
3: Cedric Quiet. pushes
0: the door open. Cedric sure. pushes the door open. Um, so in the study or the office, you see the same interior that you saw this morning. Um So, Hudson is, uh, sitting at the desk, um, with his- his elbows on the desk sort of, like, resting his chin on top of his hands. Um, are you all going inside? Yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, so you all go inside, and whoever's in last sort of shuts the door behind you. Um, and you, um, see out of the corner of your eye, as the door closes, there's someone sitting in a chair to the left of the door, kind of, like, behind where you all filed in. Um, so you see a human female of indeterminate age, uh, with long blue-black hair that she has in a thick braid down her back and wrapped with, like, a leather, almost like a sheath, right? It's a leather wrapping around her braid. Um, her black eyes are thin and almond-shaped and look well in her almost elvish face. She is, um... Perhaps five and a half feet tall, but still somehow manages to command the room. And that, I guess, is where we will end on our cliffhanger. Hey. Da, da, da. <laughs> so, yeah, you guys have um, done all sorts of forensic things and gathered all sorts of information, and now you are back in Hudson's office and going to have a conversation with him and whoever this other person is about being able to clear Jay Prowell's name and save his life so he doesn't get murderated. For... We're going to have to kill this person. <laughs> <what> I'm saying. <laughs> um, when are we playing again next? Because I forget to read and calendars are hard. <laughs> um, we will be live not next Saturday, but the Saturday after next. So on September 28th, we will be live again. Same... Not so great time, same great channel. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay. Back to figure out the, hopefully, the conclusion to this murder mystery. Dun dun dun. Dun dun dun. dun. dun, dun. Yeah.
3: And if not, we burn the town to the ground. Mm,
1: <laughs> With my fire chains,
0: Wow. Um... Does anybody, bye Xander, um, does anybody in the chat have any final questions for our players, our cast this evening? Quick, type them in now. Uh, cast members, any final thoughts? Or anything else you'd like to plug?
1: No, this, this, uh, uh, this next um, branch of the campaign looks... Looks like it's gonna be really fun and dramatic, and
0: mm-hmm.
1: I'm looking forward to it. Woo!
4: We'll, we'll get out into the island.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as as soon as we're done with this murder mystery, you guys can actually go adventure out into Arda, which is going to be exceptionally fun. And that's good because uh, once they start adventuring into Arda, the wider wilds of Arda. Um, They'll be just in time for the live show that we're going to be doing actually live in person. It'll be the first time that this group of people will sit down and play D&D at the same table. It's going to be great. And that table will be in the Urban Chestnut Brewing Company's Grove Beer Hall Party Room on November 16th. Uh, We will be in St. Louis at Urban Chestnut Brewing on Saturday, November 16th, playing Dungeons & Dragons. There will be beer discounts for people who come in and enjoy the game with us, and we'll still be live-streaming that game on Twitch and Periscope if you're not able to join us. But please do, if you can, if you're in the St. Louis area for some reason, and feel like (laughs) some Dungeons & Dragons on your Saturday evening, especially if you happen to be in St. Louis, trapped without anything better to do because you're about to start participating in the Entomological Society of America's annual conference, uh, so that's or- how you- just escape the Entomological Collections Network, sure. which is right before yeah. then. That too. Yep. <laughs> or,
1: or even if you're not participating in the uh, Entomological Society of America conference, Come down, get some drink discounts, and meet some amazing scientists.
0: That too, Mm -hmm. yes. There will be lots of scientists. Um, But at that uh, special show, we will have not one but two guest players. Um, So they will be playing Denizens of Arda. Um, that our player characters will encounter and um, interact with during the game. So it'll be a super fun time, and we hope that you will catch that game and all of the ones in between now and then. So yes, the next time we will be live on this channel, playing like this will be Saturday, September 28th. Um, War Yoshi has a question for the cast. Um, He says, or they say, extremely random question, but does anyone know how much force a millipede leg can produce?
3: Ooh, that's a Derrick. Uh, it does. It
0: is a Derek Hendon question.
2: Yeah. No, I do know there's a foregut fly that specifically <laughs> attacks millipedes through their legs when they break, uh, and then enters the body cavity and then eats them from the inside out, and then you find like mm-hmm. the little ringed exoskeleton bits around. I found those in the jungle and I was like, "What happened to these millipedes?" And then I read about it in a book.
0: That's yeah,
1: crazy. Millipedes, that, millipedes. That's all I know are. about
2: millipede legs.
1: <laughs> I don't. So I don't know exactly how much forest millipedes legs can produce, but I don't believe they're especially strong because when they dig, yeah. they essentially use their head as a chisel and, um, they don't, um, you know, like centipedes, they'll, they'll handle prey with that. And like the softer bodied prey, mm. they can actually like stab through, um, their legs. Like those legs are deceptively strong. They mm. can, you know, hold, they can like immobilize a mouse with their legs because they're hunters, um, but millipedes. Um, I think they just pretty much do everything with their heads, and their legs are just sort of for walking. Um, not very it, strong. It, yeah, These legs it, were made for walking. Yeah, that, mean, it, that's what they'll do.
3: Yeah, I mean, I also, millipedes. How many have so many legs mm-hmm. that each individual one is probably very, very weak? I would assume. It, yeah, it would have to be like just the
1: tiniest little amount of pressure. But um, what about an aggregate? Hmm. What about an yeah. aggregate?
3: Well, I mean, it's going to depend, right? Like, like, species, size, like, or are you talking about, like, downward force? Like, that's going to depend on body weight, right? Like, I mean, is it, or is it, like, you know, what is the, you know, pushing force, you know? Yeah, that, uh, like,
2: eight foot millipede that used to exist way back when, mm. I can imagine, packed a punch, or mm-hmm. a kick, guess the case may be. <laughs>
3: yeah yeah that would be uh, yeah it's gonna depend on a lot of factors i mean uh, just like the size of the leg is going to influence the amount yeah. of force i mean like just mechanical advantage you know longer lever can you know just
1: yeah can do more but but um, overall i would imagine that like each individual leg would be a fairly weak thing like they're not you know if you if you hold like a um the salad beetle in your hand or um you know like um any sort of burrowing insect when it reaches the fold on your fingers you're you're gonna feel it burrowing through and those legs are pretty strong um because they can like they can like wedge themselves in the area between your fingers but millipedes can't do that not with their legs so they're they can hold on pretty
2: good though like they can like the big flat back ones that live here like it's hard to pull them off of things when they cling down
1: Hmm.
4: that's true well, something that's something that's the difference between Ooh. like a grip force and and a yeah. pushing force. They they may have very good grip force, especially in tandem with all of those legs. Mm-hmm. And you feel like and you know arthropods all their force is being generated hydraulically in the body, and so that would be a difference there, and especially between the gripping force and the and a pushing force.
0: Yeah um that's erica just asked a question about that um ryan but yeah it's also worth pointing out as nancy just mentioned there's extraordinary variation when it comes to millipedes right so what is what (laughs) there's a lot of cat invasion happening Um, what is that
1: bartender from earlier i know he's just (laughs) um so yeah like what
0: what is a what is a typical millipede um would be very difficult to to decide on um so yeah
5: (laughs) yeah
3: so one cool thing about insect muscles is like uh so um insect muscle so our our muscles attach uh to different spots on our bones right uh but because insect muscles attach to their exoskeleton right and they're pulling against their exoskeleton they actually pull against um these these kind of (laughs) folds that have come inside from the exoskeleton called apodemes. And so the, um, every, every muscle that has an attachment has an apodeme that it attaches to, or, or an area on the inside of the exoskeleton. Uh, and so the size, if you can find the, so like, so I did my undergrad research on crayfish claws, right? So every, every crayfish and every uh, crab has, has a claw, which is basically a fixed finger, right, that doesn't move, and then a, a, a movable finger that pulls against it, right? And that movable finger inside the palm of the claw has, and you know this if you've ever eaten blue crabs, right? I live in mm-hmm. Maryland, I've eaten blue crabs. But um, inside that fixed finger, there's actually um, is actually this like flat piece of very very transparent thin exoskeleton, and that's what the muscle attaches to. And I just I just mentioned this because the size of the apodeme, uh directly correlates to the strength of that muscle. Hmm. So there is actually it's, and it's not a linear relationship. There you do have to do some kind of math kind of jiggery pokery around to figure it out. But, <laughs> but you in general you can actually figure out the strength of a single muscle contraction bait and you can correlate that to the size of the apodine. So you can look at a physical you know you could dissect it out a millipede leg. You could um, you could figure out in theory, you know, some some kind of calculations about the strength of it based on the size of the appendages. Very yeah.
4: cool. Yeah, and so yeah, it's it's cool because I mean that like relates to its function. Whereas like, you see the millipede's legs, like it's really more it is more about grip and walking on like vertical and sometimes upside down on horizontal surfaces. And so that's really what they'd be more concerned about than like a pushing sort of force. Um, and so it relates like herbivorous insects like you think of like usually the example of a grasshopper. those epidemes are, are called the the tentorium in the head. and those tentoria are there and it's they have these really big pieces of their exoskeleton in their head because they have to have such strong mandibles to chew through usually pretty like silica rich tough leaf material to eat. And so that you know compare that to, Something like a maggot that's eating something rotting that's already soupy, and they have basically just two little mandibles attached to just like their super squishy exoskeleton, and they just kind of like rasp it away, and there's barely any force being generated at all. Yeah, they're even just called um, mouth hooks. Like, yeah, just... yeah, there's
3: just hooks there. <laughs> so uh, to to plug my own Instagram, y'all should get if anybody listening is doesn't follow me on Instagram, I just put up a, a picture of a, a onion maggot. Um, mm-hmm. Which, if you look at it, you can see the mouth hooks on it. They're really doofy-looking little vampire fangs. They're really adorable. I think you should go check out my adorable maggot post uh, at Peter L. Coffee.
0: <laughs> and all of the uh, <clears throat> socials information, or at least the Twitter handles for everyone on the cast, as well as the Nature Check Twitter handle, is down in what we're calling the reference section. Um, so down in the video description on the YouTube, uh, the YouTubes, or down in the, um, panels below the Twitch frame or in the description of every podcast episode. So you can find all of us on social media and follow us for cool bug pics, or in my case, cool, like, fieldwork pics more generally, and lots of other stuff. Some complaining about grad school from at least two of us. Um, (laughs) and lots of other fun scientist chat Um, thank you so much to the people who were in the chat tonight, we really appreciate having viewers and having your questions, questions. and you guys were being hilarious and I was getting distracted (laughs) by a lot of the, the funny stuff you were typing, so I'm so glad that you were here watching with us. Um, for everyone else out there who might be watching or listening to the recorded versions of this, thank you so much, we really appreciate you being here. Um, and yeah, again, you'll be able to find us, um, next time and into the future, so... Have a great evening and rest of your weekend, everyone. And we will see you later. Bye. Bye.
5: Bye. Bye. Bye.